Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, good evening. I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. This is your um, your host, your cousin, your brother, your father. I don't know who I am to all of the various listeners, but I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. All right, this is a special show, family and friends, and I'll go ahead and read the description because it's got a lot of information. I don't even think we have the time for a song this show. That's how information feel, power-packed feel, uh, uh, inspirational feel, whatever else you want to call it. But there's a lot of information coming your way here in a little bit, and I have to talk really fast because I have some, this is going to be part live and part audio, uh, part recorded. Some parts of the show will be recorded, but we are definitely live, with the, and we will take uh, questions or, or comments over the phone line. Again, we are live taking questions or comments over the phone line, but some of the part of the show will be uh, audio or recorded, okay? So earlier I typed this, for those of you who don't know what the show is about tonight, tonight's a special show. And earlier, I um, put out there, family and friends, you are invited to the following. Five Food Stonks present a surprise presentation tonight. And I said, join Seth and hear from his wife, Arlene, and an interesting Jewish caller and others tonight, October the 25th, 8 p.m. I'm going to say it again. Five Food Stones present a surprise presentation tonight. Join Seth and hear from wife, Arlene, and in and an interesting Jewish caller and others tonight, October the 25th, 8 p.m. At least in my in my on my side of the world, it's 8 p.m. And so that's what's coming your way, family. It's just that simple, and uh, it is going to be a surprise. It's, it's a collage of things I've done in the past. I've kind of it's half live. Some earlier callers, earlier as in earlier years, some interesting callers, some things I thought that the family. And friends might be interested in. So, yes, the families listen tonight for those friends that are listening. Again, just want to invite you to another episode. And I do thank you for being early, those of you that are in the house already. A few things I want to get out of the way, and then i got to get this going because, again, this show is going to be a long show. I'm telling you that right now, folks. It's a lot of information coming. Just hang out as long as you can. I understand some of y'all are very busy. But I just want to remind everybody that we do have a website. If you get a chance to go to it, we'd like for you to go ahead and um, join the website. Um, I've had it out there for a while. I just haven't had time to spend any time on the website. And so I'm going to go back and spend more attention to this website and build it up and do some things with it so kind of dust the, uh, dust off of it. So uh, here is the website. It is www.5smoothstones.com. That's spelled out, 5smoothstones.webs.com. Friends and family, if you haven't already, go there, register, and just enjoy all that we have out there. So you've been warned, you've been told. Again, a uh, new but old website out there that we are working with, rebuilding. And so go and check it out, folks. All right, so again, tonight, 
a lot of information. Um, we will take a limited phone calls. If you really, really, really want to get in, you want to say something, raise your hand, not a problem, I'll get you in. Uh, but we won't stop the program. We have to, if it's an audio program going, I may have to turn it down while you talk. I can't stop it. So just know that. So, But you all welcome, family and friends, to ask questions tonight. Definitely want to welcome our family, the Douglas Kennedy family and friends. I mean, excuse me, <laughs> the Douglas Kennedy family. We definitely want to welcome you tonight to this show. You're welcome, 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 along with the public. So this is not a family show, per se, the public is invited to listen tonight and that means for that this show will be for mature mature audience only again family you're welcome tonight the douglas Kennedy family you're definitely welcome tonight but this show tonight is really designed for a mature audience only meaning i don't know who's going to call i have i don't have the kind of control i normally have when we open it up for the public okay so that is very important that I've said that to you. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and start the show right away. Again, some of it is live. I'm here. I'm here in the studio, folks, so I am definitely here. This is not a, a pre-recorded uh, totally show. Some parts of it is all pre-recorded. Some of it is me will be talking and taking questions from some of you. All right, so ch- check this out. You will not be disappointed with what you're about to hear, folks. Check this out. Check what you're about to hear. And, uh, again, what I've done is just, uh, for those of you, I see some people just popping in. Again, what I've done is took some uh, very interesting uh, callers from previous shows and kind of made a live show tonight. So we're going to have some previous callers from previous shows calling as well as I'm in the house tonight. Arlene will be coming on a little later on, and you got to hear what she have got to say uh, with regards to the topic that you're about to hear. So check it out. Again, she's coming on later. Arlene, my wife, will be coming on later to share some very important things. I'll be with her, so um, just check it out. All right? Here we go with the first uh, portion of the show. Enjoy. Means that's what it means. But no, what we claim ourselves to be this show is we use the scriptures to go into the scriptures and look at what is to befall Israel, what is to happen to Israel. Moses, Moshe, Moshe, more appropriately, put it very clearly what is to happen to Israel. And the Israel, Ezekiel 37 of Israel becoming a nation all over again, is happening right now before our very eyes. The most I have awakened natural is. Folks, I want to, I want to, I want to, uh, I want to start that over. Just one second, folks. Sorry about that. Now, a little technical difficulties here. One second. I mean, that's what it means. But no, what we claim ourselves to be this show is we use the scriptures to go into the scriptures and look at what is to befall Israel, what is to happen to Israel. Moses, Moshe, Moshe, more appropriately put it very clearly what is to happen to Israel. And the Israel, Ezekiel 37 of Israel becoming a nation all over again, is happening right now before our very Denver eyes. The most, high, passage, yeah. the, huh, uh, the most I have awakened natural Israel, and they're all over the four corners of the earth. They're scattered out of Israel. And uh, we just believe that those who live out the prophecy set forth in Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26, and, and other parts of the Bible are the true, authentic bloodline Israel. Simple and plain, we, uh, we, 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 
we are very serious about it. When Moses said that Israel will be put in ships and sold as slaves, we look for a nation that was put in ships and sold as slaves. When Moses said that... So one of the requirements for the Messiah, not to overtalk you, one of the requirements for fulfillment of the Messiah is that the Ezekiel 37 where everyone is to be brought back from the dead and brought back to Israel. And that's why that passage means so much to me. Remember I discussed it that one Thursday, Ezekiel 37, also known, known as these dry bones passage. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah well... I wanted to point that out to you. Well, I mean, that, that that's a way you can look at it. But more importantly, we look at the scriptures and see the prophecies. And the Moses is up on the mountain, as you know. I think it was Mount Horeb. And he's speaking to the natural biological descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is letting them know exactly what will befall them, what they will go through. And uh, when you look at the scriptures and you look all across the world, Look for groups of people or nations of people that are living out these prophecies. They are there. Now, I don't believe anybody is living out the blessings. No nation is living out the blessings of Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 through 14. However, in the in the Torah, if you check out verses uh, 14, 15 through 68, there are many, many people living out those scriptures. And so when we see those people, we recognize them as Israel and nobody else. Simple and plain. We don't believe just because you live in the land of Israel that makes you Israelite. That don't mean anything. And and, and I, I have much respect and honor, and, and, and I love the people of Israel. No hatred here. That's another show, not my show. We love the people what of Israel. What about the adoption? But, but, the adoption but, but, of other people into the faith. Say that again? What about the adoption of other people into the faith? That's what about that whole thing? That's that's the spiritual Jew. That's what most, and that's what uh, Paul talked about. That's those that accept, you know, that those that are walking with the Most High that are not Israel. Okay, they're the what we call the spiritual Jew. Those are the ones have been adopted in, uh, and grafted in is the more appropriate word. Yes, we acknowledge them. However, however, that's not the natural Jew, but that is the spiritual Jew. And the Most High does want. Those that seek after his heart. He wants that more than he wants the natural Jew. So the spiritual Jew. Well, what about Ruth? What about Ruth? She was not a Jew and she was grafted in. Yeah, that's what I just said. You can become Jewish. The Most High High wants the the Jew. The the Most High wants those that seek him more than he wants natural bloodline Israel. But what I'm saying in Revelation, I mean, in Romans uh, 11, it starts off that has the Most High forsaken his people. Because Paul had just got to talk about the spiritual Jew, and people are thinking, oh, so his natural Jew don't matter anymore. And then Paul goes on to say in Romans 11, have God forsaken his people? Talking about the natural Jews, have he forsaken? Is there no such, do we not need them anymore? And then he goes on to say, no, there remaineth and a remnant. The Most High is going to work with a remnant in the latter days. The Most High is going to work with a natural Jew remnant in the latter days. And that is what we believe is happening now with this resurrection of other people claiming to be Israelites, other people claiming to be Jews because they are, have lived out, and we only acknowledge those unless people can say, yeah, here, we lived out the scriptures. We are fulfillment of the prophecy when it says that Israel will be put in ships. We were put in ships. We are fulfillment of the prophecy when it says that your men will not take care of their household. Your household will be led by women. We are fulfillment of that prophecy. We we have sons, but we cannot enjoy our sons because they have been taken to captivity. We're fulfillment of that prophecy. 
the, the fulfillment of the prophecy when it says that you'll build houses but the nation's going to uh, uh, live in them. You'll gather grapes, but you won't eat them. Those were our foreparents. That's what happened in slavery. They gathered grapes, but they could not even enjoy them. It was made for the master. They could eat chitlins. They could eat what was left over. So when we look at these scriptures, and it's not just Deuteronomy 28. We like Deuteronomy 28 Why because it has the so most Why is that so important to you, that you're part of the bloodline and all this and that? The reason why it's important. I can hear you speak with much passion and such belief. It has to be important to you for a reason. I would love to hear that reason. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. Let me me share it with you. Let me share it with you. uh, um, Because I haven't listened to you that much. I'm just learning. Well, that's fine. You're doing you're doing great. You're doing great. Let me just answer your question, okay? okay. Now, uh, uh, was that the only other question you had, may I ask? Oh, I had tons of questions. Well, let me go ahead. And I'm Jewish by blood. Ask. I am Jewish by blood by my mother's family. Okay. Well, then that means if you're Jewish by blood, that means that you have proof that you've lived died Deuteronomy 28. I'm not here to debate. What I'm here yeah. to say, I, I mean, I will debate, don't get me wrong, but what I'm saying is if you believe you're Jewish by blood, Angela, very simple and plain, when I look at your family's heritage and when I look at your, the heritage of the lineage of your people, you should be able to mirror those blessings or mirror those curses. And that's what this study is sharing. I appreciate you calling. I, I welcome callers like you. I don't know why more Jewish people don't call, but let me tell you where, where we stand. You can tell me where you stand, and then people can make their choice whether which way they go. We have got to go with the Bible. We don't acknowledge no DNA, none, because DNA too, too man-made, too too political. Anybody can say DNA says this, DNA says that. How many times have they said DNA didn't say this and DNA didn't say this and find out later was wrong? So we don't go by DNA. The Bible is our DNA. The Bible says that Israel is supposed to go through certain specific, specific blessings, if they obey, this is how the nation is going to look. If they disobey, this is how the nation is going to look. Now, now watch this. Now, you say, why is this important? The reason it's important yeah. is because, well, I can say to me, but I've also, I'll, I'll share with me because at the end, of, in the end of the day, it is my opinion, but I've heard lots of people that's, probably listening right now on the line share and tell me the same thing. And that is, Mm -hmm. it looks like the Most High is partial to white people with the way things are taught right now. If the people in Israel today are the real Jews, and they're all white, in that black sun-stricken land, right in Africa, we don't acknowledge the Suez Canal and chopping up of that canal, and now there's Middle East and all that's Africa. They share the same tectonic plate as Egypt does. So what, what I'm saying Ethiopia? is... Yeah, there's tons of Jews there. Yeah, but what I'm saying is we know... Uh, I've been to Israel, and I can tell you for a fact that 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 it is not as diverse as it sounds. It's very much white, especially where the camera's at up there in Jerusalem. So what I'm saying mm-hmm. is that, yeah, they went and got the Ethiopians, but why did they go get the Ethiopians? Why did they but go why, get the why? Ethiopians? They went and got the airlifted 800, I believe, Israel, uh, uh, 800, uh, they call them Falashas, although the Falashans don't like their name. They like the name Beta Israel. But they went and got these people out of Ethiopia, and I think it was 800. And uh, they went, sent 747s out, 767s, and got them and brought them to Israel. 
And but those sure. people have the highest suicide rate in Israel because they treat it so badly. It's not a diverse country where they all love and getting along. I go visit three thousand. Accepting of them as as others, you know. This. That's true. That is true. Well, yeah, then you got to ask why. Suicide rate, we got to ask why. Treated as well. I'm sorry. The um, people that come to Israel that are, you know, they found out that they were Jewish or they've been Jewish and thought they were the only Jews and they're taken over. The same thing happens to the Russian Jews also, not just the Ethiopian right. Jews. They are not treated well, as well. What I'm saying, though, when I go to Israel, I think it's a very racist state. Okay, let me just be very honest with you. It's a I very, very, true. very The people I know that go to Israel quite often and... You know, they're purists, what I would call a purist. You know, if you're not a certain way, you know, if you haven't done this. You know, very much like the Pharisees of old. And it reminds me of how they talked about the Pharisees. And, right. And so what we're saying today is who gives the Israelis the authority, number one, to declare themselves Israel and their life in their history is not biblically based. The Holocaust is horrible, 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 horrible. May nobody ever go through it. My heart, I say this every time we talk about this, may my enemies not go through the Holocaust. But as horrible, horrible, horrible as it was, it's not in the Bible. It's nowhere in this book. And that is the number one thing. What about lamentations? What about lamentations? Well, what about lamentations? Okay, hold on, hold on. You know, there's the been argument. There's been argument. Everybody turn to lamentations, because if you if you about to show me the uh, uh, something that I've been looking for for 25 years, you really do get the medal for the day in my book. Okay, lamentations three. Where at? Angela. Hold on, hold on, hold on, don't go anywhere, don't, okay, I I'm must have me, try it again, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, last thing I heard you say Three was, there is an argument that Lamentations does refer to the Holocaust, now I do not know if that is true or not, but having read it, you can see where a person might believe that, this is no, after no, 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 I've read about Lamentations. Okay. I've read Lamentations. There's nowhere in the book of Lam- in the chapter of Lamentations does it call does it say that Israel was uh, will be put in a gas oven. No, 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 no. Well, read it. It talks about just just read about the mothers and the children. And my Bible's downstairs. I have a an archaeology Bible that I like to read because it gives me more information. But what I'm trying to tell you is that there is an argument that that refers to the Holocaust. I didn't say it was well, true, but there is an argument. Yeah, but, but listen, what I'm saying is this, and I spoke with a rabbi on the plane, and I asked him could I record him, and I recorded this man, and he told me Lamentations in the Bible. What was he? Well, he's orthodox. I don't know. I just know everybody on the plane kept reporting was to him Hasidic? and asking different. Huh? Was he Hasidic with the, the Curleys? Uh, yes, ma'am. The strands? Yes. Okay. Yes, with the curly sideburns. And he had to look, and he didn't have the regular, um, I forget what they call the top of the hats. It's a formal name for it. But I anyway, I think I, 
he was knowledgeable, okay? And, I, and later on when I got oh, to yeah, home, I looked are. up on the net. I looked up on, on the net, and he was not just, he was somebody in the in the, in the community, very influence, influential, I'll just say it like that. But anyway, right, I asked him, I say, I asked him about this whole rise of so-called black Hebrewism, and I say, what do you think of it? And he says, I heard of it. He says, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it. I say, well, what they're saying is y'all haven't been through anything in the book. In the book, is that true? He says, oh, that's, that's lies. And I say, okay, just show me example. Uh, I, I mentioned his name. I say, show me if you don't mind. And so he said, uh, well, for instance, like the Holocaust. I say, yeah, the Holocaust. Where is that at? Because that's, that's. And he says, it's in Deuteronomy 28. He didn't say lamentation. So he, he said, said Deuteronomy 28. Okay. Yeah, you can look at Deuteronomy 28. You're not going to find the word gas. You're not going to find the word oven. You're not going to find the word burn. What I'm trying to say is this. We can look at the scriptures and count on, well, that's maybe what they're kind of talking about. Well, maybe they can We can do that with any scripture and make anybody Israel. All we can just look at scriptures that say you shall be put in ships, and look for people put in ships, sold as slaves. Verse 68, Deuteronomy 28, 68, look for people that's sold as slaves. You shall have, you said you have sons, but you won't enjoy them, for they'll be taken to captivity. Well, let's look for a lot of sons. Who's got the most sons in captivity? Well, what does captivity mean? Well, today our captivity would be prisons. Who have the most in prisons? Okay, it says you shall your your men won't father their children. Well, let's look for a nation who's basically they're from the men of the nation is not fathering their children because of some kind of system. Because it said you will not father your children because of the siege. S i e g e. And we're at uh, Deuteronomy. I'm telling you exactly where I'm coming from. Well, you won't think I'm making things up. Not the well, in, in Africa, there is lots in Africa and Nigeria, especially the men do not stay in the home. Well, that that could be true, but it's more than just a matter of not standing in the home. It's it's more than that. But let's listen to this. Of not uh, being involved. It says the men, verse twenty four. I will twenty four. It says, and even all nations shall say, wherefore hath the Lord done this unto this land? What meaneth this heat of this great anger? Verse twenty five. Then men shall say. Hold on, hold on. That's not what I want to read, even though that's good too. But I want you. You're so glad I called tonight, aren't you? I am so glad you called. I mean, mm-hmm. either way it goes, it's going to have a great show. But I think here it is, verse uh, verse fifty four, twenty eight fifty four. So then, that the man that is tender among you and very delicate, his eyes shall be evil towards his brother. And this is a good man. His eyes is going to be evil towards his brother. And this is talking about a whole nation of men. It's not talking about no one man. Moses is up on the mountain talking about what is going to happen to a nation of Israel. So that the man that is tender among you and very delicate, his eyes shall be evil towards his brother and towards his wife of his bosom and toward the remnant of his children which he shall leave. Moses is saying that these men he's looking at, Later on generations, because he's talking to these people, and obviously they're about to die. So verse, uh, the, the next chapter, he goes on to say, I'm not just talking to y'all. I'm talking to generations that's to come after you. Because those men that he's looking at can't do all this. Some of them old. 
So this is a this is a prophecy that's supposed to be up on Israel forever. And that's what Deuteronomy 28 and 46 was saying when it says, and they shall be upon thee for a sign and a wonder and unto thy seed forever. So anyway, he goes on to say that you're going to leave your children. He's talking to all these men and saying, basically, y'all going to leave your children. Verse 55, so that he would not give to any of them of the flesh of his children, whom he shall eat. And we know that the word eat don't mean literally eat their bodies, but that means to take what's theirs. Because he hath nothing left him in the siege. What siege? Because he have the reason why he's doing this to his children is because he have nothing left in the siege. What is a siege? S i e g e battle. There's some battle going on that this man is taking from his children and not not giving rightfully to them. He's taking theirs. That's what he means by eat. And straightway wherewith thine enemies shall distress thee in all thy gates. There is the siege, Angela. I'm going to say it again. And in the straightness wherewith thine enemies shall distress thee in all thy gates. In other words, the enemy is going to come in and distress this household, this man, till this man will have nothing to give his children, and he's going to take from his children and not be a good father unto his children. There it is right there in the book. But that's not that's just one scripture. I have over three hundred. We went over like what four? I have over three hundred. And when I mention these scriptures, you say who going who's going through this? The people in Israel or other nations? African American, their very culture, Angela. As crazy as you can name something right now. Name something that we do, Angela. That that you feel you don't have to. You don't have to unless you just want to. But. If you don't mind, I would like you to name something that African Americans do that's troubling. It's very, that you know, like we we are in prison disproportionately. Anything else? I mean, anything you can name or I can wait, name or anybody wait, else. Wait, wait. You want me to name something that is troubling that the African American population does? Is that what yes, you're asking me to do? Not 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 a few knuckleheads, but I'm talking about when you see us doing as a trend, as a cycle, uh, pattern. This this as a culture, really part of our culture. That's part of our culture. Yes. Hmm. Well, then that would involve society's mores. Um. Hmm. And there's a number of different things. I. Well, why are you thinking? Why are you thinking? You know, that's subsets. They're subsets. You know, that there's not as a whole. I don't think you can do that to one large uh, racial What I'm saying is our culture, our culture, what we do in the South. And who is really black? Hold on one second. 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 There are some things we do collectively as a people. And when black America gets together, we make jokes about it, okay? Uh, our businesses are oftentimes taken away. I mean, You're what? Violently, violently taken away. Well, there's a scripture right here in Deuteronomy 28. <laughs> it's what's the word you said? Your what's taken away? Businesses. Our businesses. Businesses. Our things that we go to start that re- generate money are some kind of way railroad out of the, uh, you know, we we are railroad out of the system. I don't think it's black people that go through that. I think it's many different minorities that go through that. Right, but but what but I'm saying is... The power that can take it away from you will, if it will benefit them. Right, but what we're talking about tonight, 
is prophecies that's in Deuteronomy 28 that we live out or whoever lives this out is going to be the true Israelite. That's what we now some of the prophecies. Other people can say, "Well, yeah, we was putting ships, but did you do the other things?" We're looking for people that can wear the Cinderella slipper. We're looking for Cinderella. Well, she there were some Israelites uh, that were shipped down to Syria to Damascus in slavery. There's been other times that Jews or Israelites, whatever label you want to limit people with have gone through as well. No, what I'm saying is I don't want I don't want to shortchange the conversation by mentioning we mentioned one thing that the scripture says we're going to go through and you think of somebody that went through that. Israel is going to go through all of this. Moses is speaking to these people mm-hmm. and he's saying that you're going to go through all of it. Let's read the verse again. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 46 says this. Moses is speaking of the blessings of all the churches. He says, "And they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder, and upon thy seed forever. Or we can read it like this. And these blessings and curses shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder, and upon thy seed forever. So what we want to do is we want to look at all of these different things that we go through as a people and say, hey, does it fit in this Bible or not? But I can tell you this, that the Jewish culture, the so-called Jewish culture, and, and much respect and love for those people, mm-hmm. our fellow human beings, what they have went through was horrible, horrible. Mm-hmm. And maybe they went through it because they called themselves, they called themselves a Jew, and that's why they was oppressed. Because whenever you see that word Jew or Yehuda, the proper name, you are going to go through hell because it's a jealousy that nations have, and there's a hatred. So just because Hitler did anything to them, don't make them Jews. Hitler does not define what a Jew is. The Most High does. But I want you to just stay right there because uh, I got somebody that's had a question, and I don't want you to hang up at all. I want you to stay on the line. Yeah, I'll don't mind, okay? I'll all right. Eric code 708-903. You are on the air. Do you have a question or comment? I got a comment, Seth. Shalom, shalom. This is Gabriel out of the Shire area. Oh, this to the lady, right? She's supposed to be a Jewish. Yes, uh, brother. You said brother Gabriel. Yeah, welcome to the show, man. Go ahead. Yeah, this is what I have to say. I'm not here to bash nobody, but when you see do history on her people, she will find out her people are from the Khazarian Empire. Before the Khazarian Empire, they were not known as Jewish, and Jewish meaning because the if suffix means something like. So there's something like the chosen people. Or they chose to steal some identities, and when you do that, that's why they get the ish. And, he, and he, I was bad at English, so I had to recently learn these things. Like um, racist. It's really not a bad thing. It means for your race. Now, when you take it to the point of oppressing the other nations, that's when we have a night, what they call the uh, supremacy, I forget what they call it stuff. Uh, long story short, her people come from Khazaria, and they get from the Caucasus Mountains in Russia. If she do the research on that, she will find out she is not from Jacob's seed, she is from Edom's seed, because in, in Genesis it said Edom went to the cliffs of Mount Sierra, I mean Mount Hare, Mount of Hare. 
So long story short, they were so-called cave women and cave men. Not to disrespect nobody, but history is history. You can verify these things. I ain't going to tell you nothing that ain't the truth, but you can't verify it. So, but the cops got real. And also in the Bible, it says there's a, a, a certain group of people that say they are what they are not. In Revelation 2 and 93, they say call them the synagogue of Satan. And I was listening to another show, and I was listening to Rabbi A. Frankenstein and something like that. He admitted that their father, like in Messiah said, you all have your father, the father of life is the devil. He's a murderer from the beginning. He said most Jewish won't admit that their God is Lucifer. Then he reinstated it in another part of the statement. He said our God is Satan. And Brother Gabriel, can you yes, hold on one second? I want yes. the sister to chime in on what you said. Now, I, 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 I don't you. Now, the scripture is the scripture, okay? And I hear your heart. I think your heart is right, but there's some pretty harsh things you said. But the Bible doesn't. Not really, because that's all the truth. Hold on, hold on. Wait a second. Look it all up. Everybody, hold on, hold on. The Bible does say in Revelation 2 and 9, it says, Behold, I know those who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Then Revelation 3 and 9 goes on to say, Behold, I will come and make them worship at thy feet, those who say they are Jews and are not, but of the synagogue of Satan. Uh, many times in the Bible does the Most High say that he will bring a people from the north to occupy Israel as a punishment to the real Israelites that have been driven out of it and driven to all, and that's, four, all four corners. So now, here's my question to uh, I want Sister Angela, and all due respect, I want her to have a say in what you said so far. You may have other things to say, and just hold on. I'll let you say those, but I want to respond to what you said so far. Sister Angela, go right ahead if you have a response. Thank you. You know, I think it is a little bit nitpicky to say the Jewish thing. My mother does come from a family that are Jews, that are Jews and historically have been Jews for centuries. You know, they left France. They fled France because they were burning Jews in France. Now, I'm not talking about the 1930s and 40s. I'm talking earlier, those things happen quite often. I think when you come from a stance of hate, which that's what it sounded like to me, it was very condemning, very limiting. When you choose to label someone, you limit them. You know, I only recently in the last few years found out about my mother's family. All my life, they've always asked me, people that knew me, are you Jewish? Because things like my grandmother was buried the day after she died. All these different things, you know, just little silly things. And like, are you Jewish? Are you Jewish? And I always said no, but I really am from that, and I identify more with that. And a matter of fact, the line that I came from, that my mother came from, I almost legally changed my last name to that family name. You know, and these were the were related to a famous Jewish painter named Yosef Israel. You know, famous rabbis from the 17th, 16th centuries, and I can't even remember their names, to be honest. And Go ahead. What, what were you getting ready to say? I did not mean to I gonna, what, I, what I was going to ask you is this. I want you to try to understand something. Now, but Brother Gabrielle, I mean, you know, I'm going to share something a little. little well, I'm not going to okay. go there. Hold on, hold on. If some, what's your last name? Well, you don't have to give me your last name. Let's say your last name was Rubenstein. Hopefully that ain't it. I'm just guessing. Let's say your last name is Rubenstein, 
And uh, uh, Goldstein, uh, one of those names, okay, sound like jewelry or something. Okay, now, all of a sudden, you find yourself in a lawsuit where somebody is saying that you're not who you say you are and they are the real Angela Rubenstein. And they start to live out your identity. In other words, a theft of birthright. They take everything that's yours, Angela. Okay? Your whole culture. Black people are waking up every day to this revelation. And even we either right or we're wrong. Now, if we're wrong and we got our doctrine screwed up, okay, that's one thing. But I just think that you, Angela, and many people like you who find themselves with, who find themselves in life, parents are telling them they're Jewish, and you find out that another people is saying, no, we're the real Jews, and we have the real proof to prove it, and they begin to start sharing this stuff that look like proof. You can understand why they would be upset and you would hear an anger. Actually, I'm probably too nice. Too nice. You read the Bible and see people that stole each other's birthright, there wasn't no nice thing about it. But I know that I no. can't go out there blade, gun blazing as I'm not going to get very far in this system. But what I'm saying is, Brother mm-hmm. Gabriel, to be very honest with you, probably was being exactly the way he's supposed to be it, under, under looking at the fact that you, he's accusing you, he ain't saying this, but I think what he is saying is he is accusing your people of a theft of birthright. Our people are suffering right now through the worst identity crisis that we've known ever. Black people all across the planet, and not all black people are Israel. We don't believe that foolishness, okay? But the Israelites are black people mostly that are going through some horrific events. And we know why now, because we don't have an identity. We don't have a We don't have Somebody got some noise in the background. Can you mute yourself or whatever? I'm hearing feedback. So, uh, again, again, Angela, what is happening is you're hearing this hatred. But he might, I don't even know if it's hatred. I just think it's a frustration he have listening to you because... The people I'm talking about that, like he does, they feel entitled. It's no different than the Klan speaking the way they do. They feel entitled to say the things how they say them. You know, God doesn't like ugly no matter what color you are. Okay, but let me ask you a question. What I'm asking you, Angela, uh, and Brother Gabby, I want you to chime in here in a second, please. But I do have another Angela. Uh, uh, well, okay, Angela. We just went back and forth. I'll let you guys have much time as you need. But, but what I'm trying to say is, my sister, I want you to just please just take a long, hard look at what you're hearing. You just heard a brother that have woken up from the dead that realized his culture, his birthright. Had he been raised a Hebrew and taught from birth, Brother Gabriel, you are Israelite, and he been taught his culture, maybe he would be even better, more successful than he already is. That identity, but, but instead was taking his identity and replaced with you are a black, you are African, you are a nigger, you are a coon, you are, and he's probably been called these names. So his birthright has been stolen. He has woken up, and now I got somebody on the phone who's very nice, very pleasant, but your people 
is a part of the theft of our true identity. Do you really think he's going to take it easy on you? Now, Brother Gabriel, I want you to comment on what I just said. Then I want Sister Angela to comment on that. And Sister Angela, whatever you have to say after that. No, I do have something else I want to say, if I may. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold that thought. Just write it down, please. I want to hear it, but I want him to make to make sure I just articulated his heart right. Maybe I was off, so I want him to comment on what I just said. Again, folks, you're listening to a live show. I'm here in the studio, ready to take your questions or comments. I'm glad. You, uh, well, I'm not gonna say that, but anyway, uh, just continue listening. Uh, these are some excerpts from previous shows, but I'm here live. Some of it's gonna be live. Some of it's gonna be recorded. It's a very good dialogue. I'm sure you agree. All right. Uh, again, my wife will be coming a little later on. The truth, but I was seeking in the wrong way, and what I became enlightened about ten years ago, but I was still. Dumbfounded, because I used to think we was hand medic or Jeff medic. Basically, I know we shin medic. And when the, when the Jew is said it's sin medic, that actually is anti-Semitic because it's basically. I don't want to get into that. I'm sorry for the interjection of because she probably don't want to research because everything I bring up is very researchable. She gets attacked. But SCC was trying to say something about the uh, Holocaust. True of the Holocaust, where Jews were sacrificed. They were sacrificed. By so-called Jewish, because if you do key research, this weird me out. Found this out in the last few months that Hitler himself, as you say, your mother's Hitler was Jewish, his mother was Jewish. So, and basically, he was following his leadership. His leadership, which was the Rothschild, finding a high Jewish family that runs the whole world, but most people probably don't know. They gave him orders to do those things. They put in Stalin and a whole bunch of other people in like. When the czars in Russia were not doing what they wanted them to do, they put in other leadership and cut off their supplies and other things like that. Like Abraham Lincoln and Andrew Jackson, those two are the greatest presidents. Why? Not because of what they know about them. It's because of what they did to the bank. The bank was the Rothschild family and the Rockefellers through female lineage. So the Rockefellers come from the Rothschild from the female line. So that's, I learned all this stuff. Then if you do research, she'll find out who started and financed both sides of most wars since 1690, I believe. It was the so-called Jewess of the Rothschilds, whose name was changed from uh, Meyer Amstel, I forgot how to say his last name, but he changed his name to Rothschild because his father had a the hexagram, which is the highest pagan symbol on his thing, and he turned it, it was a red family. So Rothschild broke down to Red Shield. Or red something, I forget. It's basically red shield, I believe. Okay, well, I'm sorry if I bought it something that wasn't necessary, but I learned a lot of stuff. <coughs> but, excuse me, brother, brother Gabriel. Brother Gabriel, you're breaking up. Oh, okay, you cough it. Why are you clearing your throat? Angela, can you respond to that? You know, it's very frustrating. When one party assumes that he knows so much about the other, it's so frustrating. He knows do nothing. You what he's do you find what he's saying just frustrating? Well, just or is because you have, you have, a, you have a reason. Just because listen, you have listen. every reason in the world to be offended does not give you the right. Pisses me off. Completely Hello? pisses me off. Okay, hold on, brother Gabriel. Okay, now, Sister Angela, let's do this. Let's do this. Let me just ask you specific questions about what he said. You said just because he got the answers, the, 
the right to be upset. You said just because he got the answers to be upset doesn't mean he has the no, right to No, 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 to that's not what I said. If you're going to quote me, quote me correctly. Just because he has every reason to be offended does not give him the right to be offended. Just because he has every reason in the world, let me finish. Just because you have every reason in the world to harm someone or kill someone does not give you the right to do so. It really irritates me. All your callers are very anti-white or, you know, they're assuming my background, my education, when they don't know shit. They don't. I don't assume that if I'm dumb. Well, hold on. First of all, you can't say all all your callers. You can't say all your callers. Angela, you just said just because you can, uh, you you know, don't give you the right to do it. So this same rule apply to you. First of all, it ain't been all my calls. They ain't had but two, you and this gentleman. So No, the other, the other time I was on your show, I'm talking about my personal experience. Well, all I'm saying to you is this. I hear what you're saying, but at some point we got to stop and think about, let's play this movie. Let's look at Brother Gabriel. Let's look at Brother Gabriel. Now, you upset. Hold on, hold on a second, Brother Gabriel. You upset every bit of we've been talking, what, 10 minutes? Now, I know I know you don't want to think about this right now because when people upset, they just care about their emotions at the moment. Everybody do that. But you got to look at the big picture. And this brother. That he's an emotional so man, that he's an obviously uh, emotional hold on, man. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold that point because I'm going to let, yeah, huh? let you talk. I'm going to let you talk. You're going to get the mic big time here. But just let me get this one little thing out. Pain. Pain. Right now you're experiencing it on a smaller scale, but you feel you got your rights to feel the way you feel, and we hear you. We hear you loud and clear. We, we, we sympathize with you to some degree. What I'm saying is this brother have lived a life. If I don't know every single thing about him, but most mm-hmm. black people that are studying this and that are passionate about this message, it's because they feel duped. Some of them are so old, they're about to pass away. They lived their whole life thinking they were second, third class, only to find out that this book is full of their ancestors. I want you to think about this for a second, Angela. I I, I sympathize with you. You know, I feel what you're saying. I I don't like to see nobody in any kind of pain. I'm not one to say, that's right, get her. Get that white girl. No, 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 I ain't on that tip at all. Forget it. That's somebody else. I feel what you're saying, but I want you to feel what we're saying. Because if you see our Holocaust, which some people say a hell of a cost. Over 100 million in the middle passage, and our young men putting in prison for the trivial little things. And we, our mothers without their boys, and when they come out, I just had my nephew to get out of prison just two days ago. And he was supposed to have went down to prison for two years, and this boy was down there for six years. Little stuff. I told you what he did, you wouldn't even believe he went to prison for it. If I told you what he did, oh, you wouldn't even believe he went to prison for it. I so what I'm that. saying to you, Angela, is our people are suffering because people look at them as sub. If they will leave our identity intact, we'd have the respect, even the respect that Israel gets. They act a fool in the Gaza Strip. They act a fool with their foreign policy towards their neighbors and stuff. And the world loves them. Why? They're the people of the Most High. That is our place. 
these people have stolen our birthright. This conversation is a, like a court, if you will, to kind of weigh out and just see exactly are we just smoking on some or are we biblically sound. That's what this conversation is about. Is Brother Seth on to something? Can you share with me, Angela, how we're terribly wrong and that we need to hear it your way? And if you can't do that, we're talking about the theft of the birth, a birthright of a nation. There's people that will probably shed bloodshed over this. This is major. Can you imagine what a thug would do that have already killed a lot of people and find out that he is Israelite? Maybe he won't turn crazy, but I'm just saying, please understand the passion on both sides here, okay? That's all I'm asking the both of y'all. Please understand the pain that we're going through as a people. This is serious. Everyone has pain. Maybe different strengths, uh, different depths of despair. But everyone has that. Now, if you want to find your identity, you start defining your boundaries. Boundaries define you. They let you know who you are. You let someone else define those boundaries. Then they become restrictions, and you find yourself in a prison, be it a real prison or a prison of your mind. You know, I, I look at those type of things, and I understand about the identity. My daughter, she's half Native American. And there's a lot of people that go around here saying, oh, well, I'm this tribe, I'm that tribe, you know, let me heal you. And, you know, charlatan, charlatan are different tribes professing that they need to have their federal recognition when they're not even a part of the main tribe. You know, I've worked with a different number of tribes where I live, and, it drives me nuts, you know, just crazy, insane, you know. So I understand that it's being stolen. I understand that. What was the question you had? You just said something that's key to me. You said, I understand. Do you really understand? Yes, I do. You know, I think things are up for debate. And debate and rhetoric are two different things. And I think most people don't understand that. You know, logic, debate, rhetoric, you know, all these are different. You know, I think a lot of things are up for debate. I think a lot of things could be argued. I'm still learning quite a bit, and I never said I knew it all. I was not raised to be a Jew. I wasn't raised that way. But there's a lot of power in my family, as I've told you before. You know, I understand about the banks and all that. And, you know, we've had our own shield in France and, We've done things that I don't think are quite right in my family background. I know they're not. You know, I hear about, you know, things they're doing now that I don't think are right. But, but Sister Angela, yeah. you know what? You called the show last week. And you yeah, said I did. You're I going, hold on, hold on, hold on. You said you're going Go to uh, Africa. And when you get to Africa, you're going to speak out against these vaccinations that's killing a lot of our people. That right, is the best you can do. Listen, 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 listen. You said you know your people have done some things wrong. What you got to oh, do is make it right. Look, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. You said you know that your people have done something on Brother Gabriel. Don't go nowhere yet. Uh, you said you know that your people have done some things wrong. You just well, yeah, can't they, they say, they oh, my people have done some things Hear me out. Hear me out. You just can't say that ca- casually. That means bloodshed. Maybe your people is responsible for hundreds of thousands of, of blood shed, blood that was shed. You just can't haphazardly kind of 
chastised uh, when, when, when we find out about that and just not understand our pain when we start yelling, this brother ain't slap you, he don't know where you live, he can't do any harm to you after we hang up in like 30 minutes, that's it. The least he could do is just say, I'm upset with you. I mean, I think he's doing very well. I'm being very honest. I know that as a talk show host, it ain't nobody going to listen to me if I come off like he do. I know. It's just, oh, that's and, I, and I want you to stay around to hear truth, but I feel exactly as he do. I want you to hold on a second because there's somebody that I want to uh, that want to speak on this matter, and I want the both of y'all to stay on the line if y'all don't mind. Can y'all hold, please? I don't want y'all to go anywhere yeah. if you don't mind. But you yeah, must see that. You must have heard that taking a lot of crap from some of your callers, especially the last time, when they didn't know my background, you know, or I didn't spend the first three years of my life with my parents because it was too dangerous to be with them. They were in the civil rights movement, you know. You know, in all due respect, Angela, Angela, in all due respect, my callers was trying to get you to come on their show. They were saying you really enlightened them. I think you're giving them a bad rap. Yeah, I tried hard. You know, I've lost well, my temper. Tonight. I've lost my temper. Well, let's. Go we're ahead. gonna get another person on the line here, and uh, uh, we want to hear what they have to say about this matter, because I, I want to give everybody a time to to speak, okay? But uh, I just want you to know, please be very honest. Our people, the, the people on this show, uh, was very humble okay. last week when they spoke. Thank you. I'm calling. I'm calling. Are you call- oh, okay. I got you. For reservations, visit our website at Homestead Hotel. Hold on one second. Hold on one special second. discounts may be available. Or to speak All right. to our Hold on one support. second. I think we got the wrong number here. Sorry about that. We'll try that again. She gave me a number, but that number didn't work. She's in the chat room and says she can't call. And so, what we try to do for our guests as a courtesy, mm-hmm. we'll give them a call. Um, oh, I can't dial her extension from this 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 angle, so I apologize, um, sister. Uh, let's try it again, folks. Just let's just try it again. One moment, please. She was wanting to chime in uh, to the both of you, so I figured I would just as a courtesy. Thank you for calling Homestead Studio Suite okay. Hotel. Please hold and on I while I try she... that extension. Okay, let's see if we can get it. She's probably at work, but she's coming. Is that one one five four? Hold on one second. Shalom. Shalom, my sister. Is this I am Epic? Yes, brother <laughs> Seth. Let me turn my radio or my uh, computer down. Oh, okay. Well, sorry about your your uh, that you weren't able to call. We won't get into that. But go ahead and make your comment. We got Brother Gabriel on the line. I didn't mute him, and we got Angela on the line. I didn't mute her. So the three of you on the line. So we got to really follow instructions here. So if you don't mind, go ahead and comment, and I'll and I'll meet you, and we'll hang up on with you, and let them the two of them finish what they was trying to say. Okay, go ahead. I don't think I had a very specific comment, Brother Seth. I just wanted to, uh, I think at that particular moment when I was in the chat room, uh, I can't even remember very specifically what was going on except that I think it was during well, what was some uh, of the things that you heated moment. In the chat room. 
What were some of the things you were saying to chat room? Because they can't see your chats, I don't think. Maybe uh, maybe one of them is online and on the phone. So just go ahead and share some of the things you were saying. Uh, do you? I mean, because I noticed you said things like somebody don't have a clue and something you were saying. So just share whatever you was wanting to say in the chat room. Um, Angela had asked, what is the passion in your voice? And that was one of the comments I made was just the passion, um, the passion of of the Israelites, what's in our blood. I mean, that's that's why we are the chosen ones because that's our that's what that's what's in our soul. That's what has that's our honor to go out and teach and to share and to learn. That's why we take our Bible studies very seriously and, you know, the, our noses are always in the books and the scriptures and learning something and sharing with each other so that we can go back out and you know, bring as many people to the most high as we can, because I mean, you know all the scriptures, brother. Says, so you'll have to quote those specifically. But I think it was the Jeremiah 33 one where, um, where Covenant I will make with you and your house. I think so. Is that the where he's saying that it's in us? Like, uh, let me look. You put, but thou shalt be the covenant that I will, but this will be the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, said Yah, I will put my law in the inner parts and write in their hearts and will be their Elohim and they shall be my people. Yes, that's it. Well, you know, and, and you know, so what she's the blood- saying, she, go ahead. No, I was just going to say there's the bloodline aspect of it, but then there's our hearts, you know, and the, and the passion. And, you know, that's where the most I put, you know, based on that scripture is in our hearts. And I think you wanted her email. I don't know if she want to share that on the uh, air, but if you want to, Angela, you can get her email. That is something you, you typed in the chat room, uh, uh, Miss Epic. So if y'all want to, uh, you want to give it to, you give her yours or however okay. way. I just, I just asked that so we could send her that reminder for the show. That she asked. Oh, okay. Okay. Email. Well, I was gonna just fire yeah. it off for you. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Angela, do you have anything to say with the comment she just made, or uh, uh, if you don't mind, then we'll let. Well, I don't have anything to say about her comments. But, you know, just okay. you are so passionate about what you believe, and sometimes there's a trigger or something that made us that passionate, and I, I just wanted to hear what that was back then. And, well, I, 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 we could tell a lot about you. Yeah, well, we should be passionate about the things we care about. And, and, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, before I go on further, in about another six seconds, we're going to lose everybody that's listening online. Y'all need to call the 760 number. Y'all know how this works. But in about six seconds, we're going we're gonna to lose all y'all. Those that can't call that number, uh, thank you for listening, but we will mm-hmm. lose you. Uh, but we're going to continue this conversation until we, uh, to, as long as it goes. And uh, so just know that. Please call the 760-283-0838 and join in, and we're going to finish this up. Okay. Now, one thing I want to ask you, um, uh, I am Epic, before you on, and then we're going to let Brother Gabriel jump in here as well. Uh, you've been listening to the show quite a bit. Uh, uh, do you think I'm racist? Not at all. Me? Uh, so why am I? Why? I mean, I know you just kind of hit a little bit. So you listen to a lot of so-called black people talk about this over and over again on this show. Why do you think they are so upset? 
You asking me that, Bill? I'm asking. Uh, I am epic there. Okay. Um, I mean, know, is it justifiable? As a whole, is it right? Is it right? Yeah, as a whole. I mean, you think it's something that as we should. As a whole, yes, I'm upset, and I don't, and and I'm not. I haven't even experienced one one thousand of what the black race has experienced in America alone, let alone go you know go back further. I mean, the suppression and the the racism and I mean, it is like nothing that most white people can ever imagine, ever, and it's not okay. So, you know what, if he wants to be upset and and Brother Gabriel wants to declare how much, you know, how much he knows, and because I'm sure he's done a lot of study and he should be proud of that, let him declare it because, you know, as a general rule, White people act like black people are not as intelligent. You know, he doesn't know Angela. He has no idea who she is. She's just this, you know, she's on the, you know, she's popped into the, in here. And so he got defensive or he wanted to declare, I don't think he was defensive. He just wanted to declare that he knew what he was talking about. Well, let him declare it if that's what he wants to do, because he deserves that right, in my opinion, because we have suppressed the black race, the so much I haven't you know I mean Angela probably hasn't you know I mean it may not be us but as a general rule it's happened and it has to be acknowledged yeah well listen Miss I am epic I always enjoy your comments <laughs> I'm gonna go don't hang up on me because I can't I can't hear the show if you hang up on me oh, if you okay, hang okay, me my up bad, my bad. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna hang you up. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute okay. you Okay, I'll perfect. Leave on, we'll we'll leave you unmuted. How about that? We'll leave you unmuted. Just know we got three people talking here. Okay, Brother Gabriel, you've been quiet for a while. Go ahead and chime in. Any thoughts, comments, and then we'll hear from Sister Angela. Well, I'm sorry if it seemed like I was going against her. I wasn't attacking her in no way. I was going in her understanding. Like my, I lack understanding. Like there's a whole of influence in my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. I was sharing knowledge because the words say also. Every word is judged from you, so what I tell you, I had to research and verify as best to my capabilities. So I wasn't attacking her in personal or nothing like that. So I apologize if she felt that way. That is not my, my mission or my objective. I was just trying to clarify falsehood. I live the falsehood. My people live the falsehood. Like, for instance, my mother recently found out some of the truth. She's getting on it. She's like, I'm still some person. I smoke marijuana. And she said, if I stop smoking marijuana, she'll follow me. It, it shocked me because it, it sounds funny. It sounds like some people will take the Messiah. I'm not trying to be like the Messiah. But when I present to people, it's nothing but the truth. And I don't, I don't defend a lie. I represent the truth. That's what I was trying to do. So if I if I came off negatively or something, I apologize to you and her and, and all the listeners. But my object was, as I have learned, I want to teach also. So if I did something wrong... I'm going to stay wrong because if the teaching the truth is wrong, i got to stay wrong because I've got to be in the most high, first begotten son image, a truth speaker. So, let me say this, and then I'm going to, I want Angela, if she don't mind, if she wants to, that is a comment. But listen, I try to step in the shoes of everybody and try to figure what they're thinking. The good thing about being at the bottom of society 
you have got to know your oppressor. We have to know how white people think because they pay us. We they're our landlords. They're they're they rule over us whether we want to acknowledge that or not. I don't care if you're in business for yourself, you still got to report to people that vastly look more than different than you. And so we have got to know how to talk around them. We got to know their culture. We got to know, okay, I can talk like this at home but I can't talk like this at work. We got to know certain things you don't say. We got to know what offend them. We got to know how far. We got to know even some of the things they like. Some of us even turn into little entertainers for them, so we even know what they laugh at. So we got to know the people that rule over us. On the other hand, they don't have to know squat about us, and in most cases, unfortunately, they don't. And I'm grouping the entire people. In most cases, they don't. They don't have to know. So I feel just by that fact right there alone, that's a universal rule no matter where you go. The oppressor don't have to understand the oppressed. The oppressed must understand the oppressor or they can't survive. So having said that, please, uh, uh, not just Sister Angela, because Sister Angela ain't the only one that feel this way, listen to this program. We've got all kinds of people listening to this program that vehemently agree with her. Some of them vehemently disagree with her. So even though I'm talking to, to Sister Angela, per se, we're not talking to just her. It's a lot of people that feel this way. They don't understand why y'all so angry. Why y'all always talking about this Hebrew thing every Sunday? What's going on? We have been, we have found out that our birthright has been stolen. We have been given a phony birthright, an inferior birthright. It has produced all kinds of problems with our psyche. We don't even support each other. Black don't support black. We rather support white people. We don't support our own institutions, our own colleges, our own business. We don't have a Chase Bank. They say if black people kept the money, their money that they made on their hard-earned jobs, if they spend it among their people four times, if they exchange hands to four different people, every paycheck, if it exchange hands to four different people, that blacks will be the sixth wealthiest nation in the world. That's how much money that the so-called black population is generating in the world. I'm talking about African Americans, not the world blacks. I'm talking about African Americans, the sixth largest economy of the world. And you cannot tell that because we're mere consumerists. We just we just make everybody else rich because because why? Of this inferior inferior mentality. We have self hate is what the psychologist calls it. So all of this we find out is because of our identity, what we think we are. What is black? Most people would define it as something silly and stupid or give them high-fiving and all this stuff. You know, our culture, and everything started with these dark people. I'm not talking about African Americans. Now I'm talking about the dark people of the world. Civilization comes from the dark-skinned, brown-colored people that the most have made out of the dust of the earth. Dust-colored people is responsible for science and and, and the math of the world and the philosophies of the world and everything, everything found its foundation upon Africa. And here we are acting like animals in this country, and we don't know why. So that's what you hear. The brother is probably not mad enough. I'm probably not mad enough. Maybe Malcolm X's approach is a better approach. Maybe the Black Panthers had it right. I mean, after all, everybody owns guns. I think most black people don't even own guns. 
But I guarantee if I ask you, Sister Angela, or you, Sister I Am Pig, most white people, y'all, don't have weapons. So here we are talking about a people that is oftentimes portrayed as the most violent people, but yet they don't even own weapons in an Indy because they can't afford it. So I'm saying there's a lot of uh, hatred uh, on us as a people, and we get on these little block shows, and it's all we got, Angela, Epic, Gabrielle. This is all we got, these little blocks. I mean, we got the most high for sure. That's all we need. But I'm saying, as far as a voice, you're only going to hear stuff like this on Blog Talk. NBC ain't going to allow it. Those black people, they're all little cartoons. You can just erase them with a pencil. They're just little phonies. They're not real. The churches, they're not real. Most of these churches, they're afraid they're going to lose money if they start talking about who the real Israelites are. And a lot of these pastors know the truth. So where are you going to hear this stuff at? On Blog Talk. You're hearing the bottom five truth on Blog Talk. That brother just emptied his soul to you, and a little emotion come out. Angela, it's the least you can do is understand that. Now, what I'm, I suggest you do, and, and, and all of y'all, and me, and anybody else listening on the sound of my voice, if you really believe what we're saying is truth, push it. White people need to start telling white people about this, and white people need to start telling black people about this. Because a lot of our black brothers and sisters, they're so poisoned, uh, since I am picked, I am Epic and uh, uh, Angela and Brother Gabriel. My people are so poisoned, they ain't going to believe nobody black. I'm nothing to them. They hear my voice, and they're gone. But when a white person says, Sister Angela, you can open up a blog right next door to my blog, so to speak, and preach the same thing, and I bet you will have 800 followers in probably less than a year. That's how sick we are as a people. So that you write there's something in my voice. Anyway, I've been talking a while. Sister Angela, if you haven't hung yeah. up on me, please yeah. comment. Please comment. Well, I think what can make us different from animals is that we have the ability to communicate. And I, I realized that he apologized, but he did start out with a, you know, he was blaming. He was, it wasn't nice what he was saying in the very beginning. And once you say something like that, once you slam me, I'm not going to listen as well. You know, we need to be smarter in the way we communicate. And I did lose my temper, and I can apologize for that. And it's true. If I started a blog, more people would listen to me than you. And then you have found with the people that are listening to you. I have a friend. She has a blog. It's a really big-ass blog. It's, she gets over a million hits a day, a day. And she's got her own oh, food network. she got a show on Food Network now. and But if she had darker skin, I'm sure that would not have happened. There's no doubt in my mind that that would not have happened. But you said so many different things. I'm not even for sure where I want to start commenting on. Um, I don't know. There's been so much pain in this. Let, let me just pose some question at you. And this ain't the Angela sure. fashion show. Uh, it ain't, it's just that you you call in, and I don't want to, because that can be inferiority all by itself to sit up and let everything evolve around you, and that's not what I'm trying to do here. But you that's just right. disagree with the, with the angle we're going, so it's just obviously you would get more attention. So let me ask you a question, okay? Having said what I said, do, do you understand the anger well, I understand the anger, and when I have called in, I haven't said anything about the way they were talking to me or at me, 
you know, I called in by accident last time, and I thought, well, this sounds interesting. I'll listen a little bit more, and, you know, you put me on. I hadn't had my little hand up or anything, but it was very interesting to me, and I like to learn. I love to learn. You know, and some of the things that you're saying, it's valid, especially about the prison. There's this one woman that was in my friend's life. I had her fired from her job, and I had her put in jail, all because I knew the right people. It is so easy to destroy a person and much harder to build a person up. You know, I know you say that I sound casual and everything about it, but that's... Well, hold on a second. You said you... Hold on, wait, wait, wait. You said you had a person fired and put in jail? Yeah, I did, but it was on her own stuff. She had done some things wrong. I just happened to know about it, and I made a few calls, and within 24 hours, she was behind bars. You know, if you do something that's illegal, you should at least cover up the evidence. Money's power. And she made it really easy for me. She made, I mean, my ex, my daughter's father, I've had him arrested six times. And he he still to this day does not know it's me. You know, I know where he would drink, and I would just have some cops follow him. Again, folks, stay and tuned. Stay tuned. We got more programming coming at you. All ain't coming at you in a little bit. We got to take it the next year. Right. Now, 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 just just on what you just said. We are taking phone calls. I know. I know. I know have any questions or comments? Just so you know. No, no, no. Yeah, I was just trying to protect my daughter the best way I know. No, no, no. Listen, what I'm saying. Now, mm-hmm. just on what you just said, and I don't know your life, and it really it ain't my business, but can mm-hmm. you imagine, unless you're the smartest person on your side of the United States, I would think that there's a lot of people that can do exactly what you did. But do you know, in order for me to do something like that, what kind of strings I have to pull? I don't even know. Of, you probably made how many phone calls when you had, had both of those things done. Um, just one for her father, and I had to call the vice president of the company that lady worked for. She was fired, okay. and then I made another phone call to a detective that I knew got okay. the wheels rolling, and she was behind bars. Well, what I'm saying, and you made three phone made. calls. You made three phone calls. I bet you money if I tried to do the same exact thing, it'll take me 16 phone calls. What I'm trying to say it to you is, even I don't think I think uh, I am Epic said it earlier. Something to the effect that you don't understand. I just don't think. I think sometimes white people. I mean, I wish there was a way that they could be black, but I don't even know. Even if you could be black, okay, so what? You black for a day? There was a book. It was called Black Like Me. That that is a really good book, by the way. Well, listen, what I'm saying is we're talking about some uh, thousand times more serious than somebody going to jail and all that, obviously. But what I'm saying is we are very, very serious over here at Five Smooth Stones and a bunch of these other blogs that talk about this subject. We are serious. This is serious, serious business. We are losing our relatives, and a lot of them never come into this knowledge. We're finding out. Some of us have found out late in life that we are the true people of the book. Angela, when I say we're the people of the book, I believe from Genesis to maps, those people are dark-skinned people. I do not believe any white people are in the Bible as a nation. I do believe white people are in the Bible, but not as a nation. And I can prove it. 
very, very easy. If you listen to the leprosy series I've done, Bible leprosy. I never thought. I never even thought to look at it from that angle. That's you're Probably right. not because everything is white. You don't have to. But, you like know what that. I think <laughs> of the Hebrew people. You know the Bible. I see them more of like a, a dark tan, a very dark tan. Well, you know, I was somebody always like was you raised with. Well, it just it's my father would tell me there's 37 different shades of black. That you know I can't look at everything as, as just one thing or the other. Not, you know, there's always a middle. There's always a spectrum. You know, not to look at what, from one extreme to the other. There's more than two extremes. And, and it sounds like your dad was wise in that he taught you. Mm-hmm, he was. You know that. However, I think when we, when we're talking about this particular subject, can you imagine being your your whole race being suppressed? If if it was if the table was turned and it was us, if it was the white people that this was happening to in America, you know, and it, that's bad enough. When when you suppress a person, let alone an entire race of people, and, and you just do the horrible things that we've done in this country to the black people, that's horrible in itself. Now, can you imagine actually getting in the history books now that we have Internet and being a young black person or just a black person in general, and you're and you're researching, and all of a sudden you come across in history, you put this dot together with that dot, and oh my gosh, we are the chosen ones, and we are treated like this on top of it. It's just like adding, uh, you know, salt to the wound. It's it's bad enough already, and now it's like, I don't know. It's like you just, it, it's just, it, that's stripped away from them too. I can't wait for the whole world to know it, you know? But then there's a whole, you know, there's the whole lesson in that, you know, we read earlier in that Jeremiah 33. It's not just being a black person doesn't make you a, a you know, an Israelite or a chosen one. It's got to be in your heart, you know. And I'm obviously not right. black, you know. And so it's not about black or white. And, and Brother Seth isn't racist. And he, and he, and I missed the show and I wish I, I I've only listened to a little bit of it today, trying to catch up. But, you know, he is the one person that I have found that just rings true and true with the truth in spreading love and not racism, you know, because that's not the message that you get <clears throat> in most of the well, other practices or, or shows that you listen to on here. Well, I appreciate that. Just uh, uh, epic. I really do, and uh, I, I try hard, and I try my best not to be an Uncle Tom either. I'm not trying to appease white people for the sake of just having some white people on my show. I mean, I try to tell the truth, and I just feel like if you tell the truth, white people will come. After all, check this out, y'all. Brother Gabriel, you still there, right? Brother Gabriel? Yes, yeah, sir. Okay, you still there? But check this yeah. out. The things that I've learned, most of these things I've learned, a lot of them was taught to me about white people. Go figure that. Mm-hmm. So what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say is, is the most high is about heart. The true Jew is the spiritual Jew. I mean, that, that, is a, that is who the most high is looking for, the spiritual Jew. In other words, those that are after him after the, by their heart. He never did want just little old Israel. You think he only wanted little Abraham? He wants the whole planet. He never, ever, ever, ever wanted just Abraham's descendants. 
It's just that that man pleased him, and he promised to bless his descendants, and that's how the whole Israel thing happened. But the spiritual Jew is far more important than the natural Jew. But he did say in Romans 11, have the most high, is he done with the natural Jew? Is this it? Is it now only about the spiritual Jew? And he goes on to say, no, there remaineth a remnant because of the election. So all I'm saying, folks, and we're going to wrap this up, we're going to wrap this show up, but all I'm saying is the most high is not done with natural Jew. He has resurrected the true Israelites is a better word. He has resurrected the Israelites. And you again, know, these are little excerpts from another show. Uh, Arlene is coming to his more programming, folks. Stay tuned. They was very dry. They it wasn't that they was just dead. They was they're very dry. They're dry knowledge. They're dry. They're they're, they're dead in, in in spiritual state. And he, this this knowledge is coming. It's resurrecting the true house of Israel. There's Israelites all over the nation. Igbo Jews, Shanti Jews, Limbo Jews. They're in Australia. They're in China. All across the world, the real Israelites is awakening. Those people that came from Russia, and all due respect, love, and honor for them. I'm not just playing. I respect them as humans, but they, biblically speaking, they're lacking. The only people I recognize white as Jews is those black Jews that went up north due to being enslaved by the whites that come down from the north. According to Jeremiah 1, those blacks were enslaved by whites, took up to Europe, and they mixed and mixed over the hundreds of years. That black gene ain't that strong, and it came out being white. So, yes, some of those white Jews are authentic bloodline Israel, but that's a small portion because of the dominancy of the, the black gene. That's a small portion. Vast majority of Israel is scattered and non-white. So this is not a, this is not to put nobody down. It's to just try to understand what the Most High is doing. And last, I'm going to say this: there's the other reasons that this is important because Black folks have this anger towards themselves. They have this massive self-hate that is just amazingly evil towards each other. This information will help us to understand why we are suffering. It'll help us. You know, help us, it'll help our relationship. Y'all, please hear these words I'm about to say. Just if you just would just please hear me out. Give me one minute to just get this out. But we have a hatred towards each other as a people. We don't like each other subconsciously. I'm not talking about consciously. I'm saying look at the behavior among black people. How can a black man shoot another black man over a pair of tennis shoes? That is crazy. You don't see it in the white community. So what I'm saying is that's another reason this needs to go forth so we can understand why we act the way we act, why we're going through what we're going through. With my mother with me as a child, if I didn't know why, I held bitterness against her. But if she showed me why I was getting a whipping, if she showed me why she was putting that belt in my butt, then I understood. It might have been painful, but it helped me understood in the long run what she was about. That's how we look at the most high. We're getting spanked and beaten and whipped and don't know why, and it's making us look crazy at the most high. And a lot of us do not want a relationship with this Elohim, with this being. We don't want it with Yah. We don't want this relationship with him. So that's why this this information needs to go forth. The God, the fighting in the Gaza Strip will end once this knowledge is household knowledge. How can you be fighting over land and having the whole world know it's not neither one of y'all? Some kind of way that fight is just going to dwindle away. You're fighting both y'all fighting over something that's not neither one of y'all. Some kind of way Israel is going to back off because Israel is, is, is instigating it. 
once they find out who the true Jews are, even the president of that nation might think to reside because he's a joke. You're not the true Jews. So what are you fighting over this land for? Why are you presiding over this land? And then the nations of the world is going to start crying out for the real Jews to run that country. That's why Israel is going to come back to that nation and rule without bloodshed. It's going to be the pressures from other countries saying, y'all are not the real Jews. Why are you run this land? And why are y'all fighting the Gaza Strip? Not to mention the last thing is we will get crazy respect from the nations of the world. We won't need a dime. The nations of the world will finance us. The nations of the world will look out for us. The nation of the world will fight for us because everybody wants to be on the multi-side. side. This is some of the reasons why this information needs to go forth. Listen, I'm going to give every one of y'all the last few minutes to just say some whatever's on your mind, and then we'll go. We'll we'll hang up. Uh, well, brother um, Gabriel, won't you go first, please? Well, I say shalom to those in the uh, that's on the phone, Barakata. Uh, all praises to Ahia in the name of Yeshaya, and uh, pretty much that's it. Well, I have what? That's it. Y'all have a blessed night. All right. Okay, and Sister, um, um, go ahead, Sister Angela. I have nothing to say. Um, I did not call you a racist. That's for certain. Okay. All right, Sister, uh, I am Epic. Um, what did... What did just last words, last words, any last words. I know, I was trying to figure out what Angela just said. Did she... Did you just... Was that that you didn't call him a racist? Who was that address to, Mr. Angela? Who are you talking to? I was talking to Angela. I don't... Th- I couldn't no, hear her. Angela, who did you address that to, Angela? To her, to Epic. Okay, folks, I'm going to go ahead and stop this one. Stop this one. And uh, let's do a little little change here. Hold on one second, folks. We're going to change this and get rid of the next one. Hello, Brother Seth. Angela, if you stick in here with us, you'll get to know Brother Seth, and that is one thing that... That is a um, that is something that you'll hear. We'll just let that play for a minute. Nobody calls him a racist. He's the most wonderful non-racist man. Um, I never said however, he, he will declare that three to five times a show, if it depending on the topic sometimes, you know, because, you know, I don't know, we get kind of... Def- no, I am epic. She said that she didn't call you a racist. I think she's insinuating. I'll let her explain that, but I think she was talking to you, not me. She had referred, Epic had referred to me, Angela, that I had referred to you, Seth, Okay, here we go. No All right, folks, take a little, take a little twenty-nine second break here. We'll be right back. Greetings, family. This is Darlene Douglas of the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network, reminding you to tune in next Tuesday for an upbeat, fun-filled, informative, and inspirational show. Join us, family and friends, at eight p.m. Central Standard Time. On the Blog Talk Show Station 5 Smooth Stone. See you there. And that's pretty much the 5 Smooth Stones. Uh, the 5 Smooth Stones that you covered, those 5 topics are inside of those uh, different um, programs. All right, so Arlie Howe, what do you think of so far about this whole revelation and what we're doing on Blog Talk? You think we're reaching people? Well, how have, let me just ask you in this way. Do you think this is helping people? 
Uh, yes, of course I believe this is helping people. I think that people are have gotten saturated with what they've been able to receive in their traditional churches, uh, you know, through the traditional doctrines that are taught. And I think that, like myself, that there are many people who found themselves just continually in prayer lines as if they need to renew themselves because things just weren't clicking, things weren't working, you know, things weren't flowing like the preachers say that they should or like they would or whatnot. And it just seems like there was more to it than that. And so for people that feel like that, like I did, then you begin to pursue uh, the Most High in your own uh, way to find out what more is there to it. It's got to be more than just church as usual, you know, more than just tithing and, you know, building programs and that kind of thing. And I think what has really opened the door is understanding that there is a true identity that African Americans and other uh, dispersed peoples around the world have that links them back to the scriptures. Um, It's hard to actually be who you are or be who you can be if you don't know who you really are and where you come from. And for us to have our history only go back to slavery in America, we tend to want to turn our, our face away from that. It's nothing to be proud of. It's nothing that tells us, you know, the value that we have as a people. It doesn't unite us. In fact, it divides us. So to be able to look beyond that to our actual roots, in fact, the the fact that we are the origin, we are the the people that really went forth and multiplied it and, and filled the earth with people, that right there alone I think just adds value to life and to faith and helps us to understand the big picture that the Most High has. And uh, I want to say this because I know what we say and sound ludicrous. I mean, I, I understand, but I ask people this question, okay? I ask people this question. You know, we got a guy in the chat room that's saying how crazy this sounds, okay? I just got a question. Where is your proof that the people in Israel are the true Jews? Let's this blog is from an instant. We open up with prayer, so we're very serious. If we're wrong, we're wrong. Not a problem. If we're wrong, we're just wrong. We could be wrong. We could be sitting up and preaching a lot. What you should do is, from the standpoint, you should say, okay, I disagree with you, and here's how I disagree with you. This is how I, this is how I disagree with you. The Bible says this. The Bible says that. This is a time of exchange in scriptures. But we got to grow out of that sound crazy, that sound ludicrous. Because how many times we found out that some of the, have you ever heard the saying that truth is often stranger than fiction? Truth is often stranger than fiction. It's just that simple. So that's what I want to say. Let's be serious. Okay, if you have serious questions, you want to embarrass me with your knowledge, go to the phone line. Call me, and I'll let you talk. As long as you don't use profanity, I'll let you talk, and we can just dialogue this, okay? But uh, it's just that simple. That's just as simple as it can get, okay? Now, um, it looked like he just left, so I guess he wasn't serious. That's how we do things here. If you're not serious, folks, go do something else. This is the Internet. Go listen to a movie or something. Here we're trying to just really examine who we are as a people, 
Why we go through what we go through, why we suffer as we suffer, we're trying to understand it. Maybe we all are off. Maybe this whole Hebrew Israelite movement is just totally demonic to, to, to overthrow the, the true people of the Most High in Israel today, the true Jews. We're just asking questions. Why come none of what they have went through is fulfilling prophecy? Why is it? Why is that? That's all we're asking. Why is it? I mean, the Holocaust, much love and respect again to those people in Israel, the Holocaust isn't in the Bible. And what about the scriptures that talk about how the Most High is going to bring the nation from the north? Woe he that coming from the north. And we're going to try to look at some of these scriptures, but I don't want to jump ahead of what, I'm, what I got planned here. But he prophesied many times of a nation coming from the north to occupy Israel as a curse. Okay? Not just Revelation 2 and 9, 3 and 9, you can write that down, but there are so many other scriptures talking about uh, people opposing his Jews, opposing his Israel, and they're not. Okay? The most high ran us out of the land. Most of Israel is in exile, folks. It's just that simple. Okay? We want y'all to know we love y'all today. We're very serious about this. Nobody is paying me whatsoever. Nobody is paying me to do the things that we do. This is truly free out of from my heart and and uh anyway, just so I would say that. So anyway, uh let's go ahead and do this. Let's talk about why this is important. Uh Arlene, I want to put you on the spot. Now you've been how long have you been believing in this whole revelation of so-called black people being Israel or people of the book. Um, now that's not everybody black, of course. We got we definitely understand that because we believe that the whole planet at one point was dust-colored people, and uh, they had in, in, in the, the, the Israelites had enemies that was dust-colored. We just believe that the whole planet at one point was dust-colored. So of course, all brown people can't be Israel. That's not what we're preaching. He said, whoever lives out of Deuteronomy 28, whatever color or hue they are, if they live out of Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26, and all the other scriptures, they are Israel. It's just that simple. This business of DNA testing to prove someone is a Jew has no more merit to it than, you know, eight fingers on one hand. I mean, I'm just saying we got to, at some point, open our Bibles, folks, and start studying, quit relying on our pastor to tell us everything. Our pastor's not a Holy Spirit. The scripture says... You have the Holy Spirit within you, or an unction of the Holy Spirit, and need not that any man should teach you. Teach you. So what we do, we just open the Bible, we ask the Holy Spirit for guidance, and we just say, okay, we start looking for ourselves. And you'd be surprised. Some of y'all listening right now, and you keep having to run back to your pastor, and deep inside your heart you got the answer. Most of the time when he gives you an answer, it's what you thought, or it ran across your mind at least once. So you have the Holy Spirit, as First Peter talked about, an unction from the Holy Spirit you need not that any man should teach you. Now, you need people to bring up subjects. That's what your pastor does. He can lead you. He can say, my sister, read this, check this out. But the final word, the final word is going to come from the witness of the Holy Spirit with this inside of you. So, Arlene, I know this this truth has not did everything for you, and it's not designed to. But just like somebody coming to a church and they teach on marriage, it helps your marriage. You don't have every aspect of your life. Somebody coming to your church, they preach on uh, finances. That helps you in the area of finance. It don't help you in every single area of your life. 
Somebody comes to your church and they teach on health, and they're called to teach on health. Nobody questioned that. Nobody questioned them teaching on marriage. Nobody questioned them teaching on finances. We have different people that have different functions. Our functions, I believe, is to help resurrect those valley of dry bones. So what has this truth done for you, if any, in your personal walk? Well, I think I've heard about this years ago, obviously, having met you and everything, but I think I really started believing about five years ago. And um, it's really helped me, as I said earlier, because understanding your identity is important to your value as a person. And just being able to trace my roots only back to slavery in America was very unfulfilling for me. And, and spiritually, being raised up, you know, in a traditional type of church as a Gentile believer, um, you know, we were raised to sort of be dependent and, you know, to, to trust God, but to really seek most of your knowledge in, in your church from your pastor and that kind of thing. And it just wasn't very empowering um, you know, I felt okay to be engrafted in, you know, being the stepchild, being brought in um, through the blood of Christ. I mean, I'm not saying that wasn't a good thing. It was. But there still was just something missing. And so the understanding that there's a direct connection between my physiology and the actual DNA of the original peoples that were written about in the Bible it really uh, helps to open my eyes to my responsibility. It helps me to just understand that there's purpose to my being here. There's purpose to us being in America. We weren't just, you know, some sort of uh, victimized people that were just taken and brutalized and oppressed. But there's actually purpose to what has uh, come over us, what has overcome us, what has uh, transpired. We are not to feel victimized. We are not to feel less than. We are not to feel used and abused and hopeless and helpless. We have to understand that this is all part of the big picture of the Most High. Because of our uh, forefathers, their disobedience, falling out of grace, really, with the Most High, has caused us as a nation to have to suffer some things and in that suffering, that's just used to identify and to connect us to who we are. And that takes time to process that. It doesn't feel good. I think the first response that you have is a little bit of anger. You, you just feel like it's just not fair. We have to go through so much, even though you understand why we go through so much. You know, but I know I sat in pews for years and watched principles that I was being taught work for people that looked a certain way, and they didn't work for me. You know, and I wondered, wait a minute, you know, I'm, I'm applying these principles. Why is it not working for me? Well, I didn't realize that mixed in that faith principle, mixed in that sowing and reaping principle, that they were being propped up by white supremacy and networking and things that favored them. So it made it seem like God wasn't trying to bless me when actually I was trying to apply those principles in a way that it really wasn't meant to be applied. It was making them look more favored, okay? So that caused me to have some frustration while I was in the church. So all I'm saying is just having this connection, being able to make connect the dot from being a part of a group who were slaves to the actual original people 
that populated the planet, not only that, but the people that had a relationship with the Most High that were supposed to go out and show people how to live, how to live in harmony with him, how to serve him, and to worship him. Being connected with that people is something that really helps me to feel a sense of value and a huge sense of responsibility. You know, my life is not my own just to throw away or just to, to, to whittle away and to u- be useless, but my life has purpose. You know, I'm here to help uh, others to understand their purpose in the Most High. I'm help, here to help uh, even Gentiles to be reconciled to him. So it's not just about Israel because he wants the whole planet. He wants everybody to serve him and to be a part of his kingdom. But there's a unique responsibility for Israel that's laid out in prophecy. You know, there are certain things that can't happen until we actually come together and we are unified and we are in place and know who we are and are able to be mobilized by the Holy Spirit to usher in the coming of the Messiah, the return of the Messiah, I meant to say. So it's very important that we understand who we are. It comes with a lot of responsibility. It's not a lot of emotionalism. It's not even just intellectual. It's a combination. We are to use our, our brains to read, to understand who we are, but we are also to be spiritually led by the Holy Spirit because the Most High is actually the one who is going to move all of the players in position at the appropriate time. And right now I have to admit it's frustrating not being part of a huge organized organization or institution where you can see, you know, read the doctrine, know how to behave, know how things flow. You know, being part of a church, it it gives you a a strong sense of belonging and a sense of security because you're a part of something that's bigger than yourself that you can see. Well, this is also something big, this movement of understanding who we are in him, but it's not as there's a lot of pockets of believers that are gathering together. It's not like this huge, these huge groups that are meeting together. So basically, living this way, you really have to rely more on the Most High. You really have to trust the Holy Spirit to lead you in your studying and in your understanding and in your worship and in your growing. You have to trust that He is actually moving everything according to His plan, according to His time and that we're going to come together at the appropriate time and be unified and be able to usher in, like I said, the return of the Messiah. So we really have to live a life of faith to actually be a Hebrew or an Israelite or to be a believer of those who believe that they're part of the ancient lineage of Christ. Very interesting. And, and you know, I'm a little different. Some people, when they have Bible studies, what they do is they get out the Bible and they start turning to a whole lot of verses. But I'm of the persuasion that if you have the same mind and you look at scriptures, you can do what everybody else has been doing for the last 400 whatever amount of years. You just won't see. You'll just hear it, but you won't see it. Somebody's got to break the cord of white supremacy and start getting you to challenge with some of the interpretations of these scriptures that you've heard over the years. This is what happened to me. I mean, most people that I know, a lot of my friends, I can just quote a verse and they can quote the rest of it, Arlene. Yeah. You know how many people read Deuteronomy 28? Yeah. 
thousands, millions, but how come they don't see Israel? Somebody has got to say, hey, stop. Look around you at the, the, the living scriptures. Look at the living scriptures. We're supposed to be living epistles, right? Read those epistles. As you know, epistles mean letters. Read the letters, read the word, the walking word among you. I mean, scriptures are being un- un- revealed and uh, unfolded right before your eyes, and some people is just looking at that letter and they're not listening to the Spirit is what I'm saying. But what this revelation has done for me, and we're going to get into the scriptures, folks, okay? But I will say this for homework, uh, if, I'm, if, I can, if I'm allowed to give you homework, is to check out the previous episodes, because in the previous episodes, Amazing Proofs of Black Biblical Jews, uh, from the first time we talked about it up to now, I think there's been like three parts, listen to all two hours of it. We go into all kinds of scriptures, okay? It's just that every week we want to tackle this in a different way. Last week, I mentioned a lot of scriptures, but not as much as I did to the, in the prior weeks. I talked more about uh, my personal high has been a blessing to me. Now I'm doing something a little bit different. I mean, I was more personal with last, in last week's uh, broadcast. This week I want to talk about, from a, from a scripture standpoint, uh, uh, from a scripture standpoint, I want to talk about, uh, write that down to make it more clear, uh, I want to talk about how it, what it has to do with your salvation from a stand, Christian standpoint. And I want to first talk about say this. Listener, if Brother Seth is right, he's able to prove with the Scriptures, which we're about to do in a second, that we are emphatically the people of the Bible, the, he, the real Jews, the Israelites, the, the, the true Jews. Do you, know, do you know what that means, what that changes in our world in the, in the, in the, in relates, as it relates to the Bible? as it relates to you and your brother, as it relates to how you look at life, as it relates to the economy, it changes a lot of things. Let me just give you an example. If we are indeed Israel, just if, let's just for a second dream with me, just just entertain me, uh, amuse me just for a minute. If we are truly Israel, now this would under, make give a good explanation as to why the father looks so biased. Because if you be very honest and look at the plight of so-called African American and and certain other people scattered throughout the four corners, you will say that he's picking on non-white people. You're just looking at just life, just the way things are. Without you was a Martian and you just came down here and looked at all of the different aspects of life. All of the, uh, be it education arena, political arena, how economics affect us, who's charged the most, who gets the most quality out of different products, who's educated more in the area of economics, who, who, what information is hid from who in regards to secrets to, you know, wealth and different things. If you look at every single aspect, again, quality, you look at even something as, as wacky as the judicial system. Look at how blacks are treated in that system when they do the very same crimes as blacks. Both of them grab drugs, but if you have the more expensive drugs, you get lesser time. If you have crack cocaine, they throw the book at you. This three strikes you out. You know, look, just look, look, look around you. Look at the pain. Look at the pain and see who 
suffers more? What neighborhoods is taken care of and others are not? What schools get the most loans? What, whose children doing better off? Whose elderly is doing better off? Even the educated, those that are educated, what educated people suffer more than the other educated people? Who really benefits from their education more so than the other? And you can go on and say, oh, black people lazy. Oh, black people just don't pursue their goals. They just don't know. They just don't this. You can say all these things in the back of your mind, you know that's not true, because some of these people are your mothers, dads, aunts, uncles, and you know that we have it harder, and it looks like the most high is just picking on us. It really does. A friend of mine told me, I've said this over and over and over, but it bears repeating. He said to me one time that black people hold bitterness against the most high. I argued with him left and right because I said black people are the most forgiving. If you bring home a white daughter, a white uh, a white um, girlfriend, boyfriend, they're most forgiving. And if you do it with white people, white people will, will uh, disown you, cut you out of the wheel. Not all white people. Obviously, we don't mean all whites or all blacks at any time. There's always an exception to the rule. I'm talking about the vast majority of black homes is more accepting, more forgiving. They might not like it, but they'll accept it and, and, and grow to love that person. Whites, it's just they, some of them will, be, 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 will do the same, but the vast majority will not. So all I'm saying is it looks like the most high is picking on us. Look at it. it, it, it Again, if this information is correct, and we are indeed the Israelites or the Jews, according to prophecy, the Bible says that the so-called Jews will not be able to rise. Did y'all know that? We're going to get into that. It says the Jews, the so-called Israelites, the Jews, will not be able to rise. The Most High said that they disobey me. Amos 3 and 2 says, of all the nations of the earth, you have I known. Therefore, I will punish you for all your transgressions. So Israel, this is according to the scripture I was talking about. In Deuteronomy, it talks about you will not be able to rise without the Most High. All the nations of the earth can rise, even in their rebellion, even in their wickedness and their sin. They can prosper to some degree. But Israel, not so. Every nation is supposed to walk on them. Okay? Every nation is supposed to walk on Jews or Israelites, if they're disobedient. Now, if they obey, we'll read that they are supposed to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. They'll be a lender as a nation, a lender, and never a borrower. The nation of Israel does not live out that. They do not walk in those blessings. And if they're disobedient, which I believe they are, by how they're treating people the Gaza Strip and other behaviors they're doing, then they should be at the bottom. How come these people are not at the bottom? Again, the scriptures are not going to make sense as long as you're looking at the wrong people. Okay, so second thing I mentioned, the first thing was the most High look like a racist. He looked like he's partial, and he's really not. Just the extreme opposite. Second, number two is there's an anger that black people have, so-called black people, African Americans, and even others Israelites that are scattered worldwide, but I'm only focused on African Americans because that's what you know about most of you listening. So there's an anger and a sharpness we have with each other because we're really frustrated with each other as a nation of people. We don't even realize some of this is subconscious. There's a reason we can't come together. We don't trust each other. Of course, the most I said we wouldn't be able to, but I'm just breaking it down and getting into the psyche of why we do it. 
we don't have the trust for each other. We don't we don't want to come. We don't want to work together. We'll make we're intelligent. We have the intelligence to do it because we can make the nations of the world filthy rich. We can make the nations of the world filthy rich. I mean, excuse me, the, the, we can make people, the nations of the world, I said that right, but I'm talking about the, we can make the, the, the other people in this country, the Bill Gates, you know, we can make people like that wealthy. They got black folks all up in, most of these billionaires have black folks just everywhere throughout their structure. So I'm saying there's nothing wrong with us mentally. We know that. Why is it we can't even have a Chase Bank? Why is it we can't have... I mean, we can't come together and create this economic base that our, our leaders have been talking about forever. What is wrong, people? At some point, your, your grandkids or your kids are going to sit on your lap and going to ask you why. So number two, again, is once we see we Israel and we see that the Most High said that we would not be able to rise, he said that we would sigh, sigh, sigh. That means go, oh, my goodness or S-H-I-T, or whatever words people say when they're frustrated. I don't talk like that, but I'm just saying whatever words people say, grunt, or stomping their feet, all of that is sighing, S-I-G-H. The scripture says Israel would sigh, they would sigh, they would sigh. They would sigh, they would sigh, they would sigh. They would sigh, they would sigh. Okay? But let's get into the scriptures, and I'm going to elaborate this as we go along. I want to get into the scriptures now, and we'll talk about this more as we go. But these things, the word, here's another one. Here's number three real quick while we turn in to Deuteronomy 28. Turn to Deuteronomy 28, everybody. But while we're turning to Deuteronomy 28, the Most High also says, well, let me back up. Also, without this truth, or I should say with this truth, no, without this truth, the words seem confusing. Just like I just talked about, Israel is over there today in Israel. The so-called Jews is over there today, and they're rebellious. Everybody knows they're misbehaving. But yet, they run our banks in the United States, the vast majority of them. They run the media, and they're even re- responsible for a lot of the porn industry. So what am I saying? I'm saying as a nation, the, the, the Israel nation, the nation of Israel today is a very wealthy nation, and nobody is going to disagree with that. They are not the tail right now. Nations of the world are not stepping on them, as the Bible says, what happened to Israel when they're disobedient. These people are ruling, and I mean ruling with an iron fist. And our tax dollars help create that state and help it as a baby along. It was a welfare state created by our tax dollars. The most I didn't say that's the way Israel would be. Even in 1948 when it became a nation, it did not come a, become a nation in a biblical standpoint. There was a lot of laws broken, and the biggest law that's broken is the thievery. They're over there talking to people in the Gaza Strip saying, actually, the Gaza Strip is what's left, but they moved them out of their whole land to this little Gaza Strip area, saying we're the people of God. And that's not how the Bible said Israel would go and get their land. When Israel did take land by violence, it was a quick thing. Mosai helped them win, and it was over with. The United States and Great Britain played a major hand in forcing that nation into where they're at now. And again, 
They don't live out any single prophecy as a nation. I know some of y'all are saying, what? That's right, a nation. As a nation of people, they have not lived through anything. They have not met any scripture. The Holocaust is the biggest thing that they claim. And I don't wish no harm on these people because I love these people. They are my brothers and sisters, and I mean that. I'm not just saying that being facetious. I'm serious as you can get. I have much respect for them as a people, but we're just talking about Bible scriptures. We're looking from a scripture standpoint. We're, we're putting a magnifying glass on Israel and on us and saying, who is living out the scriptures more than any other people? That's what we're doing right now today, okay? So, uh, Deuteronomy 28. Arlene, will you read? turn to Deuteronomy 28 and verse 46? Everybody, if you can get verse 46, please. Verse 46 is what did it for me. This scripture by itself, well, not by itself, but it was the key scripture to help me to see that whatever Israel was going through, that it will be put on them forever. Moses is telling them what's going to happen to them, and he tells them what's going to be upon them forever. When I saw the word forever, that one word was what I needed to connect that current year that I read this to these ancient times, and that's what led me to believe we're Israel. Many people come by this different ways, but this is what did it for me. Deuteronomy 28 and 46, please. And they shall be upon thee. They meaning the blessings of the curse. And they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder and upon thy seed forever. One more time. And they shall be upon thee, fine and for a wonder, and upon thy seed forever. Okay, this is Moses talking to the 12 tribes of Israel. And he is saying to them what is going to happen to them as a people forever. And he says these blessings are curses, because that's what he was reading. That's what we was just reading when he said this. Just a quick reminder, folks. Yeah, you have 60 seconds to call the phone line as you will be disconnected. 60 seconds. Right now to verse 46, and he says, these are going to be upon you forever. Then he finished talking about the curses. So how do you know who a true Jew is, listener? How do you know who a true Jew is? Is those that live out the blessings and those that live out the curses. Those that live out the blessing or those that live out the curses. If you want to know who a true Jew or a true Israelite is, you look for those specific blessings or those specific curses. Now we're going to talk about the blessings. Let's think about nations. When we're reading the blessings, think about nations, groups of people, large groups of people. And think to yourself, who is living out this? Because whoever is living out this, these are the true Jews or the true Israelites of the Bible. This is the only way you know. Has nothing to do with DNA. DNA is very political. Anybody can use DNA to prove whatever they want. So we don't go by DNA and we don't go by this new definition that the people say in the land of Israel that he is a Jew that is one born to their Jewish mother. Again, they say that if you walk up to a Jew in Israel and say, how do you know you're a Jew? They say, one is a Jew born to a Jewish woman or Jewish mother. So I will walk to the mother and say, how do you know you're a Jew? And she's going to say, because I was born to a Jewish mother. At some point, 
somebody got to give some kind of scripture definition. But we don't have to do that because Moses said right in Deuteronomy 28 and 46, and they shall be upon thee, blessings or curses, for a sign, S-I-G-N. What is the S-I-G-N known to do? It identifies something. So he said the blessings of the curse are going to be upon you for a sign. This is how people are going to identify you, for a sign and a wonder, a wonder. I like to think that a wonder means something that's just going to dazzle people, put them in wonder. The Most High always liked glory. He always liked to dazzle humanity, and that is what that's saying, okay? So let's talk about these blessings or these curses, and let's think of nations. What nation is going through this? Let's, let's look at nations, not for one year or two years, but let's look at them at 400-year intervals. Or let's look at any nation for 400 years. You can't look at a nation for 20 years and say, no, well, we didn't go through that, or this nation, or the Irish didn't go through this, or the Japanese didn't go through this, or the Chinese didn't go through this. Look at nations, listeners, for 400 years at a time. What nation, for that length of time, have lived out these blessings and curses? And the reason why we say 400 is because initially, uh, when, the, when, the, when the Most High was talking to Moses, I mean, excuse me, Abraham, he talked about his seed being in bondage and in, in, in uh, captivity for 400 years. And remember, Moses said that these things were going to repeat. All right, so let's go ahead, and they're going to repeat forever, okay? Israel, whatever they went through, again, folks, they're going to repeat it forever. So if you read in Isaiah or Jeremiah, various parts of scriptures, and you see curses or blessings, just know that whatever Israel went through then, they're going to be going through in 2011. Blessings or curses of the nation. Arlene, please grab Deuteronomy 28 and verse 68. Everybody look at the very last verse. Please look at the very last verse. Please look at the very last verse. Deuteronomy 28, go ahead and read, Arlene. And the Lord shall bring me into Egypt again with ships. By the way whereof I spake unto thee, thou shalt see it no more again, and there ye shall be sold unto your enemies, for bondmen and bondwomen, and no man shall buy you. One more time. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships. By the way whereof I spoke unto thee, thou shalt see it no more again, and there ye shall be sold unto your enemies, for bondmen and bondwomen, and no man shall buy you. Powerful, powerful, powerful. And, you know, we read this every week, and it's very easy to get tired and say, oh, I'm used to This scripture, to somebody never heard it, is going to be as exciting as anything we've ever heard on this planet. Again, Moses, the Most High is talking, I mean, Moses is talking, excuse me, and he is saying to, the, to Israel that they are going to be put into some boats. Now, when was the nation of Israel, folks, ever put in ships and taken anywhere? You know what? As good as this is, we asked to say we're going to start with the blessings first. But I just want to, that's just to wet your tongue, and we're going to get into the churches in a little bit, but I want to read the blessings. Though. I, I missed it. I'm sorry. But do note verse 68. We will come back to it. But I want you to see that, that Israel, Moses said, would be put in ships and sold as slaves. If they brought back to Egypt. It didn't mean the Egypt of ancient time because it don't make sense to put a nation in ships. Israel and Egypt is landlocked. 
and landlocked. It does not make sense to put the nation of Israel, as we know them today, or not, not as we know them today, but put them back then to put them in ships. Hold on, let me back up. I'm trying to do three things at one time. The people of Israel have never been put in ships and taken anywhere. Let's just solve that. But again, we've been put in ships and sold into slavery. But let's read Deuteronomy 1, uh, Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 15. And, and folks, listen. Ask yourself, who have lived out this? Who have lived out this? Okay, let's read the blessings. Whoever lived out this, like Cinderella, that slipper is going to fit them. They're going to be the real Jews. Go here. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. And the Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou set thy hand to. He shall bless thee in the land which the Lord God giveth thee. And the Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself, as he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. And all people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground. In the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee, the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven, to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearkenest unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them, and thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I commanded thee this day, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. Okay. Any comments on the blessings, Arlene? Well, those are the blessings, and for anybody who um, believes, you know, all the, uh, what the churches are saying, what the news reports are saying, you know, what international policy is saying, that the people that are in Israel are the people of God, and they're upholding these blessings, then there's a couple of verses in here about uh, the Lord 
shall cause your enemies to flee seven ways, and um, that's not happening in Israel. Uh, you shall not borrow, you shall lend and not borrow. Well, that's not happening in Israel. You know, they're having some troubles, some economic troubles. They depended greatly on America for support. They depend on America and England for military assistance, for gun supplies and whatnot. Um, there's just a lot of things in here, you know, that they're, these, they're not fulfilling all these blessings. You know, so if they're not living at all these blessings and they're the ones that everybody is saying uh, are the true people of God, then there should be a question in everybody's mind, well, maybe they're not who they say they are because, as Seth said earlier, when the Most High gives you a land, you go and you can take that land. It doesn't mean it's easy, but he will command you to go into battle, to fight for that land, but then it becomes yours. And they've had to fight since the day they stepped there. And they've fought every day since. They're continuing to fight. And it just doesn't feel like a blessing. It doesn't look like the blessing. Because according to these scriptures, their enemies are supposed to flee seven ways. And their enemies are still there surrounding them, you know, just dealing with them on a daily basis. You know, we hear about those uh, suicide bombers all the time. We hear about uh, them shooting down planes and whatnot. So there's just a lot that's going on that just doesn't feel like that's the blessing of the Most High that's promised here in Deuteronomy 28. So as you know, if, you, if, you, if you're thinking like I asked you, listeners, if y'all thinking about these blessings, you're saying nobody is really living out those blessings. So no nation that I know of, no nation of people, no group of people anywhere I know of can claim Deuteronomy 28. But more clearly, and I thank the most time for making more curses. I hate to say that, but it makes it more clear because the blessings are kind of general. You're going to be blessed. Everything you're going to do is going to be, it's going to be blessed, be blessed, blessed. So it's the obvious. Yeah. But the curses, you have to almost have a lot of because, you know, to be specific. So let's look at the curses. We just looked at Deuteronomy 28. And uh, one thing, Cheryl put the whole thing about Moses on there. I'm, putting, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let Arlene have her way today. Uh, about Moses talking about when after he leaves, after. Oh uh, yes, Moses actually was the one who was giving um, the um, these directions to Israel, and I'm trying to find the scripture. I think. Um, but while she's looking it up, what she's about to look for you is what Moses said after he died, that Israel was basically going to be a rebellious people. Okay. So we don't have to look at the blessings, people. We can look at the curses because Moses said Israel was going to be continuously a knucklehead, a rebellious people. So if you want to know Israel, you're going to be looking for the curses. Where are you at? Go ahead. Okay, I found it. It's Deuteronomy 31, verse 29. So this is after he's told them about the blessings, blessings and the curses and given them some more information. He goes on to say uh, in 28, Gather unto me all the elders of your tribe and your officers, that I may speak these words in their ears and call heaven and earth to record against them. In 29 he says, For I know that after my death you will utterly con- con- corrupt yourselves and turn aside the way which I have commanded you. And evil will befall you in the latter days. 
because ye will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. So as he spoke these words, he's basically letting us know that they're going to disobey. And we said uh, earlier in Deuteronomy 28, if they disobey, then you can identify Israel because they'll be living according to these curses that are laid out. So that is one key scripture that lets us know, do we look to identify Israel because they're so blessed, or do we look to identify Israel because they're so cursed? Or better, you, you can say it like this, do we look for the blessings in Deuteronomy 21 and 15 upon Israel? Is that how we identify Israel, by looking at the blessings, or we look at the, look at the curses? If she just read Moses saying, look, when I die, y'all all just going to be a rebellious people. Now we know in Deuteronomy 28 to look at the curses that's supposed to happen to Israel because Moses just told us that he was going to disobey. So let's look at the curses, okay? And, uh, again, I know a lot of people that are Christians, you know, was raised and born up in the church, a lot of them are saying, but said, hold up, you're trying to think you're cursed. I'm not cursed. Christ has come to deliver us from the curse of the law. Listen to me very clearly. I understand exactly what you're saying. And Christ did come, and he did die. And when he died, he did take away the sins of the world. And, yes, that is absolutely true. But the Most High said before Christ came that this is what Israel, not the Gentiles, what Israel is going to go through, blessings or curses, if they obey or disobey as a nation. So Israel, the nation, will go through this. And I'm going to tell you, listener, like I tell a lot of ministers, they say the same thing. Christ comes to deliver us from the curse of the law, blah, blah, blah. And I say this, let me ask you this. I understand what that means, but I can't get into it too deep in this broadcast. I'll just say this much. What Christ delivered us from was from sin and stopping us from, you know, we were not able to go into the Holy of Holies because of sin. Christ because of his death, burial, resurrection, the veil has been rent from top to bottom. We now have access with the Father. That's what he set up. Amen. But that does not nullify what Israel is supposed to go through if they're obedient or if they're disobedient, okay? Now, and the other thing I would tell the ministers is this. If what you're saying is true, that none of this in the Deuteronomy, the curses, affect us, then why have we lived it? Why are we living it? I have never gotten an answer from that. Why would we put in slave ships? Why would we take it back to Egypt, so to speak? Egypt was high-tech, number one of its time, so is America. It's our Egypt. And where were the people in Israel, the so-called Jews, ever put in ships and taken anywhere? We were. Deuteronomy 28 and 68 ain't the only verse talking about Egypt being put in Israel and being put in ships. There are other scriptures that talk about Israel being put in ships as well. We may get around to it, but there's a lot more. Just look up Israel sold as slaves put in ships on Google or Yahoo. We just got a lot of more scriptures to cover, but it's, it's there. Many times. Okay, let's go ahead and, uh, Arlene, let's look, let's, let's look at uh, also, and again, we're in Deuteronomy 28 for those of you just tuning in. And I want to thank everybody for following this series because some of y'all have been following this series every single week, and I just thank the Most High that you are out there, okay? But let's turn in your Bible and look at this verse 30. 
Read verse 30, please. Thou shalt betroth a wife, and another man shall lie with her. Thou shalt build a house, and thou shalt not dwell therein. Thou shalt plant a vineyard, and shalt not gather the grapes thereof. One more time. Thou shalt betroth a wife, and another man shall lie with her. Now, this is Moses talking to a nation of women, not one woman. He is saying that you men, a nation of men, is going to have a nation of women. And another nation is going to come and lay with her. He's not talking to one person. He's up on the mountain talking to an entire nation. All 12 tribes are there, Gad, Simeon, Judah, or Yehuda. And he says, what, Arlene? Thou shalt betroth a wife, and another man shall lie with her. Thou shalt build a house, and thou shalt not dwell therein. Thou shalt plant a vineyard, and shalt not gather the grapes thereof. And it, it was at one point in the lives of so-called African Americans that we did plant vineyards, and another person enjoyed it. We did gather the grapes and weren't able to. We only could eat certain parts of the body of a pig, and et cetera. We, we could not enjoy the very fruit or the very work of our hands. Somebody else actually enjoyed that. That we lived out of. Again, listener, this is not about you personally. This is about your family, your Grandma, grandmother, grandmother, great, great grandmother. Then we're talking about a nation of people. You are not just one person. You can't read Deuteronomy 28 and say, well, I don't have a goat or an ox or a mule. you got to look at your people as a nation. Deuteronomy 28 is for nation, a nation of people. Please let me say that. Okay, a nation, a nation. As a nation, we've lived out this. As a nation, we built houses and another people enjoyed it. We was just servants and slaves. As a nation, we went and gathered great and they enjoyed it. We might have got what they didn't want, okay? But let's look at some other scriptures. Move down to verse 32. And we're jumping around because there's 68 verses, and I want to share some other scriptures. Some scriptures we're going to share every single week, but then a little bit. Uh, some of these scriptures we share, we have shared every week, but in a little bit we're going to talk about some scriptures we haven't shared yet on none of these series, okay? So, only if you can read verse 32, please. Thy sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people, and thine eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all the day long, and there shall be no might in thine hand. Want to elaborate? Uh, yes. Uh, when we were in slavery, our sons and daughters were given away. They were sold away. Uh, and there was nothing, regardless of how strong the man was, there was nothing that he could do to retrieve them. Uh, and then in modern times, I feel that our sons and our daughters are taken into a mentality of having no identity, and because of that, they really take on all these false identities that are massly, massively um, marketed to them through the media. And we don't have the strength the wherewithal, the resources to keep them from all wanting to be rappers or all wanting to be athletes or all wanting to feel that they're to be thugs and to get involved in criminal activities because we 
don't have the strength of resources, some of us, to keep them into uh, a lifestyle where they can hope and expect to have things, you know, come to them in their life that are good. So that scripture has been fulfilled in our present as well as in our past. Okay, go to verse 65, please. Uh, No, go to verse 41, please. Okay, verse 41. Thou shalt beget sons and daughters, but thou shalt not enjoy them, for they shall go into captivity. And there's how many black men lost up now? There's over a million. Folks, I'm telling you, if any nation can say, oh, we got this over y'all, that scripture, it's talking about us, not y'all. Then let them be true Israel. Yeah. No other people can claim that. Say that again, that prophecy. Thou shalt begot sons and daughters, but thou shalt not enjoy them, for they shall go into captivity. Wow. That's rough. Okay, now, we're not trying to make this as a, a negative presentation. It's all about curse, curse, curse again, folks. If you live obedient to the Most High in every aspect of life, whatever area you turn over to him, and this is whatever area you turn over to him, that's what he has, and that's where you will receive blessings. And and that's just the Bible. I mean, you know, so even though Israel, the nation, will suffer, you don't have to suffer, you listener, you are obedient in your house. And also I just wanted to say just to make an analogy this sounds negative, a curse. What do you mean a curse? But it's actually the same as a symptom to a disease. If you go to the doctor, they want to know what are you feeling that's wrong. What are you feeling that's wrong is going to help them identify what's wrong with you. So for us to tell you these things that are a part of a curse is just to identify what we've been experiencing and helping us to identify who we are. Once you know who you are, you're right. We can plead the blood of Jesus. We are so thankful for the redemptive work of what he has done. And what will happen is he, Yeshua, Jesus, has shed blood who has removed the curse from us. So what we can do is we can say, We understand who we are. We are the people of the Bible, and we're thankful for that. We understand now why we had it so hard. We understand now why we've been robbed from, why our inventions we never got credit for, why we never got our 30 acres and a mule. We understand why there was no inheritance to be passed forward from generation to generation to generation, that each generation has to work almost until they die of old age. We understand that now. But guess what? We can also stand up in the faith and confidence of what's been provided for us by Christ, and we can command that our prosperity be returned to us as a people, that we can stand strong in that. So just don't think that this is a a pity party. We're not victims. We're not saying that uh, we should feel bad. We just need to understand why we have been the underdog for hundreds, of years. We have been the underdog. That's all we're saying. And knowing that we've been the underdog, knowing that we now have a Messiah who has provided a wonderful ability for us to access the things that he's provided for us, we go forward and we say in faith, we are the righteousness of the Most High in Yeshua. 
that we have the things that he says that we have. You know, we can put on the armor. We can use the faith that we have been given, and we can actually command these mountains to be removed from our lives. We can come against the enemy who has robbed us of our heritage, of our identity, and of our resources. Okay. All right, I appreciate that, Arlene. Appreciate your contribution today. She's sharing a lot. Verse 37, please. And thou shalt become an astonishment, a proverb and a byword among all nations, whether the Lord shall lead thee. Now, that is self-explanatory. Again, this nation called Israel, the true Jews, true Israelites, is nothing like you think. Let me share another scripture with y'all. This is out of Deuteronomy 28. This is in uh, Isaiah 51 and 20. But I want to just share. I'm gonna, we'll come back. We're going to go back and forth, okay? Isaiah 51 and 20. Keep your finger on Deuteronomy 28 because we're not done. But I just happened to think of something while she was talking about the young people earlier. Isaiah 51 and 20. Now, this is Isaiah t- telling Israel about the state of their young men, the state of their young men, how their young man is going to be. He's telling Israel about the state of their young men. Holly, will you read for me Isaiah 51 and 20? Again, keep your fingers at Deuteronomy 28. We're going to jump back to it in a second. Thy sons have fainted. They lie at the head of all the streets as a wild bull in a net. They are full of the fury of the Lord, the rebuke of thy God. One more time. Thy sons have fainted. They lie at the head of all the streets as a wild bull in a net. They are full of the fury of the Lord, the rebuke of thy God. What do you think that means? That she's on the road? Uh, the fact that they fainted means that they've lost heart. They've lost hope. They just are heavy. And it says that they lie at the head of the streets, which are the corners. Of the, you know, the many, many young people stand on the corners today. And they're as a wild bull in a net, so they're they're fighting. It's like they're being uh, held in. You know, they're fighting against the net. They want to be free. They want to get out, but they can't. It's almost like there's like that glass ceiling. You can't rise above it. You can't get out of it. The, higher, the harder you jump, it doesn't matter. You get pushed back down. And it says that they're full of the fury of the Lord, so the anger that they have. You know, the anger that they show and the way they conduct themselves and their conversations and the the music that they make and the music that they listen to, it's full of anger because they're frustrated with their situation. You know, they don't see, they see limited options for themselves. And they're angry that there's just not more available to them, not more that's accessible to them. They see the inequalities in the society, and they're angry about it, and they're frustrated, and they stand on the corners of the streets, and they don't know what to do. I just wanted to share that because here we're talking about an ancient group of people, and I mean thousands of years old, and here are their young people that are fainted in mind. We know that it's faint like laying on the street, fainted because it says they're like a wild. You can't be wild and be fainted. And then it calls them a bull. They're like wild bulls, like a bull, strong. Bulls are very strong, strong, strong animals. Probably one other stronger than not be strong. So here these strong, like the youth have, a lot of strength. They're wild. But there's this net. They can't just really 
you know, go, there's something catching them. And again, they lie where? At the head of all the streets. What in the world is ahead? Like all he said, I believe, too, is just the corner. Okay? Now, what I want to do right quick is uh, we want to hit about six more scriptures in Deuteronomy, and then I want to give y'all, we want to just hit all these scriptures that that we haven't talked about before, okay? Some of y'all listen every week, and you're ready to hear something new, and we can do that. But these scriptures we're sharing now is just what we've chosen to be the most in-your-face, clear-cut, you know, and, you know, it's just the, the clearest scriptures to us. Verse 65, please. This is another clear one. Verse 65. And among these nations shalt thou find no ease, neither shall the sole of thy foot have rest. But the Lord shall give thee there a trembling heart and failing of eyes and sorrow of mind. Wow. One more time. When Israel is scattered from, remember, they're scattered to the four corners of the earth. And scattered to the four corners of the earth, and there's really only 70 nations. I know there's 200 today, but the Most High is not going to honor somebody getting a tank and some guns and a whole bunch of people and go take a land and call it something. I mean, there's really only 70 nations. He said he would scatter his people among those nations because of their rebellion to the four corners of the earth. That's why we have trouble with people in Israel because the four, the earth pretty much is non-white. Of the United Nations is only 8% white. So Israel should be non-white. The most I scattered his people, even if you think they was white, which I know they wasn't, but if, even if you thought they was white, they go into a land with non-white, and they're there for all these hundreds of years. Obviously, after that much time, they are going to be a non-white people. So if he scattered to all four corners and they return home, it's going to look 92%. Non-white. Does that make sense to you, Arlene? Yeah, that makes sense. So that's why we have trouble with lily-white Israel and them coming primarily from Europe. And, folks, we can't get into it now because this this is probably going to be something we may do next week or the week after. But we're going to talk about, well, who are they then, people? Who are they, Seth? If they're not the true Jews, who are they? Where are they from? But I'll give you a hint as to who they are. Two hints. In the Encyclopedia Judica, it is proven. I am going to put that up on my page some kind of way because I quote this a lot. But these people actually claim to be from the tribe of Japheth, one of Noah's three sons. Did you know Noah had three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, the Yaphet? Okay? They claim to be from Japheth. The problem is Shem, Shem is the son from which Israel came. So they're under the wrong son. Again, Shem, S-H-E-M, is the father of the Israelites, of the Jews, and not Jacob. That's the one problem I have with them. Other one is they acknowledge many, many Israelites, excuse me, many Israelis or Jews, that we call Jews, so-called Jews in Israel today, have said out of their mouth they are from Khazaria, from the Khazars, Khazars Mountains, from an from a area called Khazaria. We call them Khazars. Their king converted to Judaism thousands of years ago, at which time 
was a non-white religion. So they adopted that religion, and he forced his people to do the same. And over time, just like what happens in history, whites began to start claiming that as their very own history. They claimed illegally bloodline Israel. Major third theft of birthright. A major theft of birthright. And if you don't have nothing to say about that, somebody's stealing your identity, how would you feel, listener, if somebody literally took over all your accounts and just started to not only take over your money, but start posing as your kid's father. I mean, he is your kid's father. Or as you, I'm just saying, they start living your life. You wouldn't take that lane down. That's how we feel about this. This is the theft of birthright. Our people is in a major war right now for identity. So-called black people suffer with what we call an identity crisis. East Coast versus West Coast. North versus South Coast. Okay? I'm not talking about just our young people. It's identity crisis. We got black professionals just have full of self-hate. They're so full of it, the black psychologists have to come up with their term, self-hate. Because this thing that they were seeing among our people, where we just didn't have this respect and this, this, this hate for each other. And, and they're very true. But how can you not hate a people that seemingly is awake in society? Unless, 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 unless we find out there's nothing more that fulfilling prophecy that the Most High put on them, and that they are doing what it's been prophesied that they will do. But the good news is, and we're going to go back into the study, but I want to get the end of the study first. The good news is the scriptures have laid out how this nation can be delivered. Not individually. We already talked about it. If you listening. With obey the most high in every area of your life, that includes me and Arlene and anybody. If we obey, if we obey, we'll prosper. If we disobey, we're gonna suffer. All that's all there is to it. If we obey, we prosper. If we don't, we suffer. But I'm talking about a nation right now. He said this nation, or this nation, Second Chronicles seven and fourteen, I believe it is, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith. Turn from their wicked ways, I believe it's that's Chronicles 7 and 14. Then will I hear from heaven. Let me say the quote again. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. Turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. Then he will hear from heaven and hear their land. Read the scripture. This is a solution for the nation of Israel. I'm talking about a nation. Not you listening, you and your household. Again, you can prosper if you're obedient, but this is for your nation. You might prosper. You may be an Oprah Winfrey, but you're going to mourn for your people. Go ahead and read it, Arlene. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. And also there's a scripture that talks about how the Most High, after he saw that the oppressors of Israel will start to vote and say, we did this to Israel, he would have mercy on his people because of his covenant with Abraham and rescue them anyway because of the oppressors voting and saying, we're doing this to them. We got them under our control. 
We're doing this to him. He will have mercy on his people and rescue them anyway. All right, turn to, uh, let's look back to Deuteronomy 28. And let's look at verse number, because uh, that was a side road. So I want you to go back up to 64 because we missed that. Read 64 and then read 65 again, please. Okay. And the Lord shall scatter thee among all people from the one end of the earth even unto the other. And there thou shalt serve other gods, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, even wood and stone. And all this stuff we worship, all these cars, houses, clothes, all of this is made from either wood or stone. And among these nations shall... Of course, not clothing, but he's just saying... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And among these nations shalt thou find no ease, neither shall the sole of thy foot have rest, but the Lord shall give thee there a trembling heart and a failing of eyes and a sorrow of mind. Wow. Wow. Who lives out there? Who lives out there, listener? I'm asking you. I'm putting you on the spot. Who lives out these blessings or these curses? Who do you know? Nobody lives out the blessings. We concluded that. Who lives out the curses? We said that Moses said after he died, Moses said that Israel would basically be Rebellious. So we spoke to look for curses, and these specific curses are upon who? Let's look at verse 54. This is talking about your good men, your good men in your nation, the good men in your nation. How are they going to act? The good men in your nation. How are they going to act? Verse 54. So that the man that is tender among you and very delicate, his eyes shall be evil toward his brother and toward the wife of his bosom and the, toward the remnant of his children which he shall lead. According to this scripture, the man that is good, the man that has a family, the man that is a part of his family, it says his eye shall be evil toward his brother, toward his wife, and toward the remnant of his children, which he shall lead. So that means that there will be a lot of families and households that these men are going to actually leave this woman to raise these children all by herself. How many single-parent households do we have in the African-American community? I mean, I know with the divorce rate up, there's a lot of people now that are uh, actually raising kids alone, but I'm talking about people who have either never been married because the man parts, you know, he just leaves, he bails early, or because he's just dealing with the pressure of trying to provide for himself and a family, he just can't handle it, and he just leaves her with these kids, you know, and she has to raise them on her own. And these are good men. They want to do well. They like to be able to provide, but because of the obstacles that are stacked up against them and because of the fact that they don't know who they are, they have no identity, they're not connected to something bigger than them, they don't uh, understand what the Most High has them going through. They just bail because it's just too much of an obstacle to deal with. And that's your good man. That's not your knucklehead man. Okay? So let's look at this. Here's some other scriptures. Again, you want to read Deuteronomy 28. This is 68 verses of homework, so to speak. If y'all are really serious about knowing who the real Jews are 
or you should simply ask the question, why do we as a people go through so much hell? Why we find ourselves at the bottom over and over again? Why is it that our grandmothers, grandfathers could never find rest here? You want to call this place home, and we do call this place home, but for real, for real, we can call it home all you want to, but when you go into your house, if you can't walk into your bedroom without a fight, walk into your kitchen without a fight, walk into your bathroom without a fight, that is truly not I read this scripture, I don't know, but I've read this one before and maybe you've elaborated on it before, but it just put me in mind of something else that we go through. It says, the stranger that is within thee shall get up above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. What's that sound like? That sounds like to me when Asians come over here and Pakistanis and Indians come over here, it seems like they can get a loan and they all have stores and they all have businesses and they all seem to market us. We continue to be consumers. So it's like people that are strange to this land, we were born here, but people that are strangers to this land can come here and somehow rise above us. Read it again. That's, that's, that's good. That's good. It says in verse 43, The stranger that is within thee shall get up above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. That just seems like, I mean, everybody has that experience. I mean, go to any hair shop, you know, any hair supply shop, which all of us go to because we all need hair products or hair to buy to stick on our head. And who is there but some of the Asian or Indian or they're from Pakistan or somewhere, and they seem to be able to get these businesses or these corner markets in our neighborhood that sell, you know, the overpriced uh, beverages and overpriced groceries and all of that, there they are. They, they seem to be above us, and here we are consuming. This is what the Bible says, listener, that the Most High said Israel would go through. The true Israelite, the true Israelite, this is what they will go through. This, You know, we, we have been lied to, folks. Y'all should be concerned about this, my goodness. Israel, the so-called people in Israel today, have hijacked or stolen a birthright. Okay, folks, and there you have it. There you have it. We'll go ahead and wrap up the show at this point. I want to thank all of you still hanging on the phone lines, believe it or not. Long show, I understand. But many of you still hang on the phone lines. We so appreciate that. So appreciate that. And I'm thankful. That just tells me you're very interested. We've been doing these shows now for quite a probably about six years now, and those were some excerpts. Many of you tuned in a little later on. Just remember the very part, very first part of the show, uh, you missed a, a blessing. So go ahead and check that out. It kind of got heated with the Israeli, with the, uh, a Jew, a so-called lady that, that claims to be Jewish. I think it was kind to her. Showed a lot of love like we always do, but did you hear what she said? It's like that with most Jewish people, rabbis. You think they really have something to tell us, like going to make us look really silly and, you know, really correct us, but folks, they don't have nothing for us, and I'm talking about being as kind as you can to them, and it's not about them, really. It's about us knowing who we are, knowing why we are, knowing why we're going through these things, and we preach this because we feel like once our people know this, guess what? They're going to do better. You can't do better than, than what you don't. If you don't know, how do you do better? 
you know, and uh, I know a lot of us are God-fearing, but there's a low self-esteem among our people that just almost impossible to snap out of. And there is a supremacy among whites that they can't snap out of until this truth come along. So, again, hopefully y'all tune in to the early part of the show, those of you that missed the early part of the show, and just listen to that dialogue because it was really nice. I mean, it wasn't just heated. There was a lot of love shared early in the show. And so... Anyway, this has been a special show. Uh, again, those of you uh, with the family, the Douglas Canyon family, will be back on Tuesday with another uh, interview and an exciting show uh, with the family. This was just a side row. We do these shows every once in a while. They're a lot more easier, a lot more easier to do that, to do these shows. And I hope you didn't mind it being pre-recorded. But like I said, these interviews uh, earlier touched me as well as the interview with my wife. And I figured, what better idea than to put some of these great interviews out there. And I may do it again. Depends on what some of y'all say. So listen, uh, I enjoyed hearing it just like it was all over again. I really enjoyed all of those uh, callers earlier. And those are followers of Five Smooth Stones, those are the, the, the two white ladies as well as Dr. Gar- Brother Gabrielle. And uh, that's how we do it, folks. We've been doing swinging like this for a while. For a while. Anyway, I love every single one of you, friends, love every single one of you, friends and family. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. I just want you to think about the words of this song. Think about the think about the words of this song, family, uh, because this truly, this truly is what it's all about. I'm just, just, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm sure you was blessed by that, wasn't you? I know you was, family. You too. I know you guys was blessed by that. I mean, wow. But, uh... (sighs) Anyway. Check this out. Enjoy this song. Uh, Think about it. You know, I always put some on you. Uh, Those you've been following Five Smooth Stones, same. I'll say it to you as well. You know, I'll always put a lot in that last song. Good night. God bless every single one of you.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.